Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and with me again is always my trusty friend, Dakota. Hello! But today, we are not... We don't have a third person. Nope, we're alone. No, it's just us two. So that format of having uh, three people is kind of broken today, but we'll still be entertaining, right? I always wanted to have more alone time with you. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. Going into it also... No, no. You would actually... That, that kind of behavior would have suited better for a more creepy... If we were watching like Silence of the Lambs or something like that, and then, and then you'd be that creepy, that would be appropriate. But no, today we're actually talking about a movie, but not just doing a review of it. We're actually doing a fan commentary track to the 1975 first blockbuster, technically classic, Jaws. <laughs> Now, this will be the first time for us doing a fan commentary, and if you want to uh, listen to this while, while watching your movie, get put in the movie Jaws, whether it be Blu-ray, digital, or DVD, or even VHS if you're one of those people, and get the movie past all the menus to timestamp zero and be ready to press play when I say it. So, Dakota, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. If you want to sync up your podcast with it, or I should say sync up your movie with this podcast, I say press play now. If you don't, and you're just listening to this, we'll provide enough context possible. Right now, we got the Universal logo fading on. Ooh, fancy. Yep. And of course, Spielberg being a person who snuck onto the Universal backlot has always had a great career with Universal, mm-hmm. even though he's done stuff with like Columbia and Paramount throughout his career. Right. Um, when did you first see this movie? Actually, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, mm-hmm. not until recently. Really? Yeah, no. Um, you, as Growing up as a kid, uh, my mom would, you know, mention Jaws and everything like that. When we ever go, we'd go to the beach or anything like that. And the first recollection of watching Jaws yeah. was uh, Jaws 2 on TV. And my mom, to prove that it wasn't scary, muted it and mm-hmm. put captions on. Gotcha. So you all we saw was, Mommy, Mommy, help me. Woman, screaming. <laughs> Intimidating music. <laughs> and you know what's the one thing? Um, Jaws Two is not a bad movie. I think it's a really good sequel. Jaws I actually 2. haven't seen Jaws Two. You, you have or haven't? Have not. It's actually not I that. Did, it was just that one scene. And you know what's the funny thing? It's it's like well, before sequels became the thing that um, Hollywood uh, fetishizes now. Jaws 2 was a really good sequel when he, and it was only surpassed by Rocky 2 that came out like uh, a few years later or even that a year later but then the sequel game really became really big when it came to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And then so on and so forth. Right now we have the kids on a beach 
smoking pot, drinking beers. This is a slasher movie set up. Hey, Steven Spielberg's name. This is when Steven Spielberg became a household name. Right, but in reality, uh, I'm not sure if you have you read the book. No, I've not read. You've told me like I, to read I, it, and yep. you've read it before. This was a house party, actually. Not on the beach. It was well. It's a house on the beach, but it oh, was okay. inside the house, and uh, a little less people. But these two, uh, the couple. Uh, we're talking in the house, and the guy, instead of fumbling and passing out on the beach, actually gets into the water, swims around, and then goes on the beach and passes out after they screw. Oh, so they do? No, wait, wait, wait. They do it, he passes out, and then she goes for a dip, and it's early morning instead right. of night. Right. Well, this kind of looks a little dusky, or not a little dawny right now. I well, mean, I think like, they shot this during the day. Yeah, this is probably day-for-night footage right now. Yeah. And, um, I, I always love this because I'm just like, they probably just set up like one, maybe 50 foot, uh, set of track and just kept resetting it and using different lenses. So they pretty much didn't have to change the track at all. It's like, all right, we can just get so much out of this by changing a few, little so, few things around. I kind of feel like that in the opening to where is the lost Ark. I'm like, that's probably the same jungle. And they probably set the track once, at least for a couple of shots. So they can get their money's worth out of that. Uh-huh. And, um. What was this? Like we're saying, this is the 40th anniversary of this movie's release. I got I got a chance to see it because they did uh, TCM sponsored a re-release of this movie on Father's Day and the Wednesday following, and that's when I saw it. And theater was packed from kids to senior citizens. Oh, okay, so so sun's out. So this, this is early morning. early morning, and I'm just like, and I'm like, I know the scares are coming. And I knew where this one's coming because, like, you, like the music starts to come in and they, with the shark's POV under the water. And I'm just like, oh, she's going to get bitten. But it wasn't until that moment when she does. And I jumped and I'm like, oh, man, I don't care how many times I've seen this. It's still going to get me and I'm in for a wild ride. Well, when they first, from uh, watching all these sorts of documentaries and stuff, uh, when they first did the, uh, wrote this out and everything... Uh, the shark was supposed to be seen immediately. Yeah, I mean, like, as legend goes, I don't want to say, like, as in a bad way or something like that, but the shark didn't work. It didn't work. Every time they put it in the water, something broke. And I forget the, the uh, not mechanics, but designer's name, but he, like, done 20,000 Legions of the Sea. He did, like, a giant octopus when it's at yeah. the, uh, the Norselis. He, he, he came out of retirement to, to do, do this. this. But the thing is, they never put the prop that they made, he made in the water when they were doing when they were building it or testing it. it no, no, they did it in a fresh. They did it in a pool tank, right? And then the uh, salt water of the Atlantic um, messed with all the insides of it. Yeah, because like the shark was. Um, they built two for whether each they side three. They they built three. Yeah, one was the ramming shark just right. to be dragged through the water, and then two, one left shot, one right sh- shot. Right, because one side would have to be exposed for all the. Uh, Parts decide to be working, and we just talked over the uh, the poor famous famous intro. Yep, which uh, Spielberg aped again in, in the beginning of 1941. And it does have the biggest laugh in the movie because it's the same actress and it looks like she's about to be attacked. But instead of a, a Japanese sub like picks her up as it as it uh, summer, uh, comes up above the water and she's holding on to the, one, the periscope pole like ah at periscope huh. up periscope and up uh, what you fun fact about um. Uh, what's her face? I forget the actress's name. Uh, she was one of the she was one of the producers' wives. Yeah, and no, she would go on to um, like head of Universal's wives, or, or like oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he would go on to run Universal, and that's why 
I think, but she, he was already established in Universal. But yeah. it was they believed. Rumor was that he was um, Spielberg hired her be, just to get uh, to make nice with the studio, which is possible. It, it's very possible. But he did say it was um, it was a strategy move, uh, uh, not a strategy move. It was an acting move. She was a good actor. She was a nice presence. Yeah, no, I mean it's not like one of the situations like oh you have to cast this person and this person's a terrible actor. Like Jaden Smith, right? Yeah. No, and, and, and I know, like Jaden Smith, probably doesn't mean to be uh, a jerk sometimes, or not even the jerk, just like a very nagging presence. But he is. Yeah. But we're talking about Jaden Smith in a Jaws commentary. Roy Scheider here, rest in peace, Roy Scheider. And there was a video, a uh, little mini documentary on Vimeo that t- talks about the. The construction of scenes that Spielberg lays out in this movie. A lot of these scenes are really wide, great depth of field. Actors move constantly, and the camera moves very precisely. It's, very, it's a little bit low, looking up at the actors right now as they pass. We find out, she calls him chief, but we don't know what, why she calls him. Then we see it's revealed that he's actually the police chief on this island. And we have an early scene revealing in dialogue that he's not from here, that he's from New York. And it was just a, it was a exposition handled perfectly in in these few first few scenes. Yeah, because you know exactly who he is, what he does, and that you know. And it's done so effortlessly. That's the thing. That and that's like the one thing I watched this and there's a lot of Spielberg movies on how how much information is conveyed seamlessly. Right. Throughout the picture. And I, to be honest with you, this is sh- they're the fictional island known as Amity. Right. Um, they were shot off of Martha's Vineyard. Right. And uh, growing up, I always thought it was Amityville on Long Island. Right. But that was totally, totally wrong. No, but there's, there's a true horror story that happened okay. in Amityville. That's a different show. Yes. Not with me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right now we have the kid reporting that the girl went missing. Are we turning into the Arnold Schwarzenegger commentary where we're just going to point out the things? No, no, I'm just <laughs> keeping them like if oh, they you went off track. Guys, I, yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so you, do, I put, I put the the tracker and the, the like the candy and the rats are eating and the farming and because they think they're going to it's me. <laughs> now I heard something and uh, the deputy is it's now like, like watch this, watch the spit come off it. Like there you go, there's the spit come off. Well, the fuck, he vomits he before vom- he uh, blows the whistle. Right, and then. They all pretty much walk over. The kid vomits. The deputy vomits again, and then he, uh, then uh, uh, Brody, then vomits. Ooh, nice crabs. Yeah, that would have been a little melodramatic if they if they did that. That's one of the things with the, from adaptation from book to movie that Spielberg took licenses with it, but I think made a, a no, I want to say a better story, but a different story. Right, because the book is more about the. Things about the island that, or like the pressures that come out of having a beach community rather than an actual, like the first half of the movie is like, all right, how does this community cope with that? Second half is, it's a hunt. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, but the, like you said in the book, it really is, the shark story is just the catalyst to get things in motion. That's like the baseline for everything, and then all the Bits. other. How low do you go? Sorry. Then all the other problems of the town emerge, like the mayor's motive to keep the beaches open because he owes money to the loan sharks. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, I know. It's really something. There's a moth in here. Sorry, folks. Hold on, I'm swiping away at something. Um, Hooper was banging Brody's wife. Hooper. Um, because Hooper was actually 
uh, Brody's wife's ex-boyfriend's brother, so they knew each other. That's a very contrived way, or a very convenient way of having that kind of situation. Yeah, but it gave them, like, a talking point to get started. And also, Brody's wife, I mean, uh, Brody's wife in this movie, she, not unattractive, but the way to describe Brody's wife in the in the book, He's she very was right. a smoke show. Hmm. And she was only, like, she was, like, 30-something, and she, like, but uh, they said she could pass as a 24-year-old. Really? Yeah, and Brody w- was the opposite, where he was about the... He was 40, but he looked 50. <sighs> so it was like one of those things where it's like he was looked older, which I think I do like um, Do like the the acting choice of um, uh, Roy, Scheid- Roy Scheider. Yeah, I mean, like he had success a few years earlier with the French Connection with Gene Hackman and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he would go on to have more like bigger movies like The Seven Ups, and Blue well, no. Thunder. Well, he was a big actor by the time the movie came out. Yeah, but like, he's like, I guess like maybe if you look at the time, you look at the leading men, then you have like him or Dustin Hoffman or Robert Redford, Al Pacino. Right. They were all. It was something I had a conversation with with my film teacher with um, leading men from the seventies versus eighties. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, Dustin Hoffman and Al Pacino, they look they're very they're every men. Right. Look at the eighties. You have Arnold. Yeah, um, yeah you have Sylvester Stallone. You later on Stagall and Van Damme. Granted, Bruce Willis is an everyday man, but we're still in a high octane action movie. This is true. I love that jacket with the anchors. Oh my god, I want it. But all right, you would only be able to break that out during the summer. Though. It would look gaudy everywhere else. Oh, of course, but if you have it during the summer on a beach, like you're at like beach club or something like that, it's true. sexiest man there. And of course, you always want to look sexy. I. Dude, uh, the brighter and stranger the colors are, the, I'm into it. There, I don't know why. There was, oh, I remember um, in Casino, Robert uh, De Niro, in, during the 80s, he's got this red uh, suit jacket and pant, matching pants, mm-hmm. and it's like dark black shirt and dark black tie, Ooh. and it just like, just really pops, and I'm like, it is so over the top, but I really like it. Now, uh, you brought, you told me about this scene Yeah, in the shot, the camera does not move. Right. But the set moves, and all the actors move, so it makes everything really dynamic. And in the far right in the blue suit, the one who's speaking right now with the mustache, is Carl Gottlieb. Now, he was brought on to be... He was the writer. He was the writer, because Peter Benson did an adaptation of his own book. Three. Well, he, did, he went through three screenplays before he gave up on writing the screenplay. Then Spielberg did his own draft of it, then mm-hmm. brought in Howard Sackler unofficially and uh, Carl Gottlieb. Now, he worked with Carl Gottlieb, and a Gottlieb on a TV movie a few years earlier when Spielberg was cutting his teeth being a journeyman with television. And I thought, and it's just like one of those things that, something I'll point out a little bit later, what color do you never see for most of the movie? Red. Besides blood. His ties are red. Yeah, it's very, but like that's very muted. Now, the red doesn't really pop. Right. The only really red is you see is Carl Gottlieb's pants later on. Okay. And then the blood in the movie. Everything else is rather blue or pastel looking. Right. Or, or really, like, very natural looking. Because it helps. It would be, like we were saying with contrast, everything popping. That would help sell it. And I love this scene because it sets up that... Brody is not, I want to say he's not welcome, but he's like, all right, you're not really from here. You're still treated as the outsider. Yeah. 
and you kind of feel bad for him, just like, and he's like, hey, like, hey, he just doesn't have, he just, he fears the water, and now he's getting, he's getting hassled by bureaucrats, and it's just like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Now, but you, uh, just... Most ancient woman having a young child. She's still alive. Yeah, I know, but like, I guess they just, she, she Different looks like, times, dude. I know. But no, but then you look, then you see her husband, then you see, like, he's a real, he's, he's a fossil. Yeah, well. No one, well, the fun thing, fact about this movie. Right. Apart from Roy Scheider, no one wanted to act in this movie. Really? Yeah, no, they had. Despite the fact that this was a, a, a best-selling novel at the point. No, they, oh, where you, the, the thing was, where are you going to shoot it? The Oh, Martha's Vineyard in the Atlantic Ocean. Good luck with that. Yeah, no, because... I mean, uh, Richard Dreyfus was offered the role right away. And he, oh, yeah, and right, he, he refused. Like, he refused. He's like, I'll go see it. Because no one make it, so it would be a pain in the butt to do it. Yeah. And then he realized after seeing one movie, he had this kind of, like, a little bit of a breakdown. Like, all right, now i got to do something well, quick. No, he started in one movie, and then tanked. Right. And then he called Spielberg and begged for the position, because he's like, my career is officially over after one movie. Yeah, I mean, like, he was in American Graffiti, a George Lucas movie that was successful, but that was an ensemble piece that Harrison Ford was also in. Mm-hmm. And if you watch American Graffiti, you can understand why the pod racing was so popular in, or was so prominent in episode one. Right. But that's beside the point. Right. And this is, um, obviously, this scene, right, going Builds tension right perfectly Build? because, like, the cuts are hidden by people walking across frame, but it's something that, like, I guess you say, like, Edgar Wright uses, whether it be in space or Shaun the Dead, Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz... No, but, uh, and, no, no, wrong, wrong moment. But, no, uh, Roy Scheider was the only person on Split set. Oh, yeah. See the blur line between his head and the water? Yep, so we have two two different planes, in, or two different objects in focus that could be at a great distance. What were you going to say? But Roy Scheider was the only person that wanted to act in this movie. Um, Spielberg and him were at, uh, somewhere. It was a part of it, it was like... Party in Hollywood or something, something like that. Something like that. And, Muckety-buck. And uh, Spielberg was just venting to him, like, how he can't get anyone to play Brody. He tried, like, different actors and everything like that. And uh, it's like, no one wants to act in my movie. And Roy Scheider was like, well, I'm an actor. Why oh, not? I... Yeah, why not me? Like, why not Zoidberg? And, and this is one of the most famous lines in the movie uh, hmm. coming up here. That's some bad hat, bad hat, Harry. And if you're a fan of House, you know why. Because... Uh, Brian Singer's production company is called Bad Head Harry Productions. And the end of every house episode, they have Singer of the logo of a uh, animation of like of Chief Roy saying that's not Bad Hat Harry. Mm-hmm. But uh, coming up is actually one of my favorite shots in this entire movie. The, oh, the 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 Vertigo shot. Yeah, yeah it was just uh oh something's wrong. Where's this guy's dog? This is what we don't get the music cue for the dogs beneath. No, well, but most it, things we do. But if you're paying attention to this movie, you realize, uh oh, yeah, uh oh, uh oh. Nobody cares about the dog. No, only brings up the kid. Not saying it's a bad thing or anything. There's no blood in the water for the dog either. Maybe he just swallowed it whole. Maybe just. <laughs> Ooh, I'm hey. I'm gonna eat that leg. But that's, that's <laughs> the one thing that like sharks actually do. They mistaken like people like on surfboards to be seals, seals or turtle or turtles. Yeah, right? and like oh. ooh, nom. Uh, uh, um, He's dead. Ooh. Ooh. I, forgot, I forgot how bloody that was. They actually, in an interview with the... His, and like, that pushing, though. Love that shot. Uh, my fi- uh, The mother of the act, the actress playing the kid's mother. Right. She When they first did that with the blood cannon. Right. Um, she was physically sick. Ooh. On set. 
I mean... And actually, uh, Spielberg had, like, the kid who was acting, mm-hmm. um, there was, they had a scuba diver yank the kid under. Right. Well, just to be there, they wanted the kid to go under the water just to die and everything. Yeah. But he didn't, couldn't stay under for long. Right. So Spielberg's like, okay, he's going to hold you under until we get the shot. So well, the guy literally pulled the kid under. Right. <laughs> well, like, there was, I forget, uh, there was a term, like, um, like it's supposed to be like baby director, pretty much like I have this vision and now I'm going to stamp my feet in and dig my heels in until I get my, uh, my way. Some people refer to it as Spielberg being a bit of a perfectionist on this or Michael Cimino, Deer Hunter or Guy Ritchie with Lock Sock. And I really love this moment here when Roy Shadow was talking to the man from the Gazette played by Carl Gottlieb. When they start walking that he's so, um, entrenched in the conversation that he doesn't realize the, the sign that's approaching. And it's just one of those, like, acting things that, like, something that really happens that brings them into the moment. Like, oh, like, oops. Yeah, like that, yeah. Um, As well as moving the action. That's the one thing I was watching. um, Don't judge me, but I ended up watching the Need for Speed movie with um, the actor playing Jesse from Breaking Bad. Okay. And no one's going to judge you. That's a big movie franchise, so. Well, (laughs) Come on, it like there's one movie. Oh, Need for Speed. Oh, I'm thinking Fast, Fast and Furious. No, Sorry, no, it's a good video game series. It's got one movie, but like the whole scene was like one scene is like five minutes long of two actors standing and facing each other and just talking. And I'm like, it was just go to the two shot and then the over the shoulders for like five minutes. And I'm like, you can move your actress around yeah. a little bit. I'm like, I know I'm not the greatest at blocking. I know that, but at least I attempt to. Mm-hmm. No, but like. Uh, when, this is another famous scene coming up here, but, uh, when they, when they, they, Spielberg wasn't the original director for this movie. No, I, I don't know who it was. No, because in the documentaries they never mentioned. No, they because, never, like, I think I, out of respect for the guy. Yeah, because, uh, Zanica Brown, the producing team, produced uh, Spielberg's first official theatrical di- uh, distributed movie, uh, Sugarland Express, with, um, William Atherton and Goldie Hawn, which is a good movie. Wait, they produced... That movie? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that they were the. They also produced that movie too. That and that's another reason why they. Accepted. I thought the way the one documentary that I saw, they just like kind of felt like he was an up and coming director from uh, Duel and Sugarland Express. Yeah, no, like they were. That's how they had a relationship beforehand. Gotcha. That puts him. Oh, why he was in their office? Okay. Yeah. Um. But so the original director. Um. That actually was my point. The, that the the production company knew that Spielberg had a sense of movement and know where to put put the camera. No, uh, yeah. When I was in theaters, when it's like they like shook the theater and everybody was just like, Nyeh. yeah. Worst sounds in the world. Best. Oh my god, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Probably, probably one of the best Bond henchmen, and one of the best. Uh, I don't know. Would you consider him a hero in this movie? Uh, I don't. I don't. I would not consider him a hero. I would consider Brody a hero. Right. And would you consider Hooper a hero? I think Hooper would consider. I but think I don't he consider him is not an antagonist, though. He's not an antagonist, but I get um. Uh, what's the, what's the uh, term? Uh, I guess he's a hero, but he's doing it for more selfish reasons. Yeah. Um. He just, because he, like he only cares about the money, and then eventually it just becomes a matter of pride. Uh, yeah, a matter of pride. Yeah. Well, they are, like. As well as revenge, because I think every shark he kills is probably just a one little stab with the speech that he'll 
reveal later on. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you've seen, if you've not seen this movie, I doubt you've listened to this podcast. And if you haven't seen this movie and listened to this podcast, I say stop right now, start over, then walk, come back to us. Yes. And, I, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to let you stop this podcast and do that. And there's this moment like, there's too many chiefs on this island. Ten thousand that bucks on my own. Yeah, you got the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Well then. <laughs> no, but in the I, book itself, um, he does go show up to this meeting. I forget how he gets the attention, but it's not scratching the chalkboard. Right. Um, but I like the fact that he already has a respect for Brody. Because who? Because Brody is the only one trying to actually, like, do something. So, like, more proactively do something instead of just, like, you know. But he's also an outsider, kind of like how Quint is. Quint is, yeah. Well, it's like three outsiders coming, and then you have Hooper coming soon. Right, um, and there was a, a deleted scene with um, uh, in the shop where uh, Brody got the supplies to make the signs. Right, that Hooper, uh, that Quinn's buying supplies and sees a kid playing a, like a recorder or a clarinet, and he like mouse out the song the kid is playing. And apparently, there was a scene written but was not ever shot of Quint in the theaters watching um, Moby Dick with a. Uh, well, I forget, not Robert Mitchum, Gregory Peck, excuse me, uh, playing Ahab, and he was laughing out loud, extent, like really loud and really obnoxious, kind of like how Robert De Niro laughed in Cape Fear during the movie, and Gregory Peck said no, because he was kind of embarrassed by that movie, and didn't want anybody to really notice that it's a bit of a, just an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Another Moby Dick movie coming out soon with Chris Hemsworth. Right. That's more about the story of why Melville wrote the book Moby Dick. Right. But, um, that deleted scene with the music store, um, it was originally, uh, supposed to, Quint was going in for piano, like a six pound piano wire. For probably. For, for shark fishing, because apparently this, it, that, it holds. Better. It holds better, and if a shark actually swallows it, it'll choke it to death. Uh. Now, the problem is, um, it's metal wire, yeah. and if you're fishing, no. if you're fishing, it, metal leaders are used because that way the like you, teeth don't cut through the line and everything. Yeah. But it's still six pounds worth. Yeah. And to catch a 25-foot great white shark with six pounds of steel wire, Mythbusters actually did that. Right. And it would just snap immediately. Right. I love this joke. When she says, uh, It's uh, his birthday tomorrow. And then realizes, oh wait, sharks can tear apart boats and immediately yells at him. Can we go home now? These two yokels trying to get the shark with the, the holiday meat and the hook. Are you sure that my wife wouldn't miss her rose at you with the roar of my like 70,000 rows? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my question is, okay, say they hook the shark. What are they going to do? And, yeah. Or put it to death? They hook the shark. The shark um, doesn't rip the, doesn't rip, uh, the dock off. Spoilers. Um, how are they going to bring it in? I don't know. Maybe jump in and just drag it in. I don't know. I mean... I don't think they're taking into effect how big this shark is. Because, obviously, we I know, know because we're the audience, we've seen this movie. Yeah. But I don't think anyone uh, knows the pure scope of how big this shark is. No. Cooper yeah. is the only one that really does. He'll When he find, finds the tooth. Well, no, no, before that, before he has, he has the autopsy scene of Chrissy Watkins. Oh, yeah, good point, yeah. 
But like Brody here realizes he's obviously brought out the books to do research on sharks. I'm like that that one picture always seems like every shark book. The one with the great white shark. Yeah, like right in front of the, right in front of the camera. I think I because I think I ended up taking a, a few shark books out of the elementary school library I was in when I first saw this movie because I saw this movie when I was a kid. Right. And yeah. because maybe blame my parents for being irresponsible, let me watch wherever I want to turn me to the person say, ooh. ooh. You know, um, the thing with, uh, uh, one thing that I always liked about this movie, right. it's kind of weird. Oh, the, you think, oh, sidebar, I'm sorry. You think this is day for night as well? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Because I know that'll be another explanation. Go on with your point. Uh, like just the uh, underwater shark shots that yes. they have, or just anything with the shark, like, uh, it's always comparable to like today's footage. I don't know if why that it, like some com- like modern day sh- uh, oceanic footage of sharks and everything like that. Right. It's always about the same quality. I'm not sure if that was because uh, the actual like qu- underwater camera quality hasn't changed in like since the 70s, to, like the early 2000s. Obviously, now it's a little hey, bit different. It's clear. It's all, yeah. But, I mean. I mean, if you look at this footage that we have later on, we get the actual underwater footage that was shot in Australia with the actual sharks. We'll point that out when it comes up. But. Right, but like if you look at that, then you look at this year's probably upcoming Shark Week, I doubt you'd be able to, like, an untrained eye probably wouldn't notice. Shark Week begins July 5th, Sunday. Whoop, 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 whoop. But there's, with Shark Week, you told me about, because well, Bia potentially did a, a piece on Shark Week and how yep. the negative effects of the success they did, of Jaws. Um, how Jaws changed the world, which you can buy on iTunes. Uh, I tried YouTubing it, but they make you pay for it. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, it talks about P- uh, the cultural effect of Jaws, the positives and negatives. Mainly negatives, but the whole positive part of Hooper coming in right. made people interested. Wait, hold on. The greatest extra in the whole movie. <laughs> That smile, that time, just like, just look at the shenanigans that's going down, and he's just like, happy as can be. He's like, I don't even fish. I'm just hanging down here. No, he's the harbor master. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, what, they have like a $3,000 reward, right? Yeah, yeah, so like everybody and their mother is coming down to do this. Yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, Peter eventually, after making the movie and writing the book, he saw the, how devastating uh, the book and the movie were to the shark population. Uh, so he then went out to do oceanic uh, conservation until he died, and he wrote several more book, uh, uh, non-fiction books about sharks afterwards. Right, just, be, just to kind of like make up for it. Uh, fun fact about um, uh, never remember his name. Robert Shaw. Uh, Richard Drivers. Right. Uh, he could not pilot a boat for his life. That's why so, he made, when he starts up, he was supposed to pull into the dock, but he couldn't, so that's why he's like, let's just park him and yeah, he jump out. he kept crashing the boat into the dock, so they're like, okay, we need a smooth entrance, so you're just going to be in it. Yeah. Ironic that he ends up becoming pi- like, second pilot of the Orca later well, on. Well, he's supposed to be, on, he's supposed to have lived on the ocean for quite some time. Right. Even though he's very hosh posh and... Denim jeans, denim... Uh, denim jeans, de- denim coat. That's a uh-uh, darling. That's three steps to that. Well, please let me know. Please tell me someone out there got that joke. I hope somebody did because I'm from okay. Living Color. Oh right, that's three steps in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> this was a cool shot. Yeah, like <laughs> waves. Hi. Well, that's a green screen. All right. Yes, it is. It's probably real screen projection, and then he comes in. Split diopter shot. Split diopter, like I was saying, but like, 
like this is a shot in anamorphic widescreen. Anamorphic um, is able to squeeze a wide image on a square frame of the film, and you you de-squeeze it when you're projecting it and when you're editing it. So that's why you have certain and has certain qualities like lens flares, it, depending on the older lenses, and then there's certain distortion on the edge of the frame. The thing is, though, it has really shallow depth of field, so it's really hard to have deep focus with it. And, and the thing with the 70s, like, they had a lot of split out there's like, having something... Let's strip the desk a little bit. Having something in focus really close as well as something really far away, whether it be him or maybe even Brian De Palma used a lot of them. I believe a little bit of Scorsese used it, but not as much. And they kind of fallen out of style, which I kind of I think is along with like uh, traditional zoom lenses, but I, I kind of find that a little unfortunate. Now, take note of this, but I like the only black person in this movie with a speaking role coming up in a few seconds. Not these people chumming with the, the terrified dogs on the boat. That guy, the one who looks like... Oh, what does what he, he remind me of? Not Hall of Notes, but... That'll uh, yeah, come to me. Then we got, we got the hippie throwing... Uh, uh, cherry bombs. Cherry bombs into the ocean, because that's, a, that's always smart. And this is the part... Um... Just for those following along, this is the part where uh, Dreyfus's uh, character Hooper is going to do the autopsy of the first victim, whatever um, remains of her. Yeah, that's in this little tub. Because he, because I mean, because um, Rudolph is a, is a boating accident. That was the official, uh, the official documentation said boating accident, but that Brody did call him in because he knows his because he's trying to do the right thing and he knows it not wasn't a boating accident despite the fact that the coroner said shark attack initially yeah and was told by the mayor to pretty much change it because it would ruin the reputation of the island and ruin a beach community like funny thing is Dakota and I were from Long Island it, it is an island an island not as small as obviously Amity. it's about 120 miles long mm-hmm. uh, Long Island we have beaches and we have beach communities we have a lot of beaches and beach communities. Yeah, and then think of like, say, Port Jeff. Yeah, like, say if it had an, an incident like that. Well, I would think more uh, do more like Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, or even Robin Moses. Yeah, just a, a popular big beach for the area. Like if that had like a shark problem and a stigma of like potential shark attacks, mm-hmm. which actually shark attacks have actually happened a. Uh, more frequently now, a lot of, like in Maryland currently, because my cousin who was up Carolina, this past, in Carolina, seven, seven shark attacks in uh, South Carolina, I believe, in like the last two weeks. I mean, like, what is going on? It's um, well, what they're saying is the warm. It, I'm a geek, so prepare yourselves. You don't say. Um, Weather.com says this year's an El Nino year, right. meaning that the waters are warmer than normal, like the equator water actually spreads upwards, like like the spreading of this make this tiger shark's mouth. But anyway, but also the fact that there's more people going into the water equals more the likelihood of an encounter with a shark goes up. Right. However, that doesn't that still, but because the water is warmer, sharks move further upwards. Like a couple of weeks, like last month, there was a great white shark off the coast of Long Island. Yeah. Which they tagged and brought. They tagged and moved. Right now, wasn't. And a great white great white shark attack off Montauk was the inspiration for the original book. No, uh, he, there was a couple inspirations. The main inspiration was in 1920 
off the Jersey Shore. But it was five people attacked, which they do they do reference in this. Yes, that was the main thing. Where and then it was five people attacked off the coast of the Jersey Shore. And um, too bad didn't eat the cast of the Jersey Shore. Well, uh, we, we, and only. one uh, and the one the scary part, of, more scary part of that was one kid was attacked up a river. Like twenty five miles up river from the from where the four other people were attacked. That was most likely a bull shark. It, because yeah, it was later on deemed that it was a bull shark that because killed. it's the only one that could swim in salt and fresh water. Yeah, and it's also the aggressive capabilities of it. This was a tiger shark, by the way. A what? It's probably one of our favorite line deliveries. Do you think that's a real shark they got? That has to be a prop. I would hope it's a prop. Just when they open its mouth, it, it looks very articulate. Yeah, it could have been very detailed if it was a tiger shark. Oh, what? It <laughs> <laughs> was like a list of like I think it was Crack.com. But it was like top five worst movie extras that ruined movies. Yeah. Remember, there was like this, and it was like a scene Happy Go. Happy's going win, and Shooter's going down, or something like that. Oh, <laughs> happy the coats. The coat's, the jacket's all yours, shoes gonna choke. Yeah, exactly, and I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, it was like a running joke about something like, like I was probably saying, a tiger shark, yeah. and a, a, somebody will respond by saying, what? Right, well, here's another part of like the characterization of this, uh, this scene, mm-hmm. uh, which I do like, because uh, they're all excited that they caught a big, big shark, and Hooper's saying, yes, a tiger shark this big in these waters, totally rare. But it's not your shark. No, There's scientifically, because no he has the, the evidence of the bite marks, the, the bite, bite radius does not match. bite radius, the shape of the mouth and everything like that, it doesn't match. But you can understand, he's saying, uh, Hooper right now is saying, like, let me do an autopsy, because the kid might still be in there. Which, the mayor has a point. The, the mayor has a very valid point, though he's very... It's just the way he goes about it. Yes. But then this scene, the best part of this scene is with the cement is the end. When the mother confronts Brody about yeah. the son's... Because um... Brody, I mean, Brody is... The mayor's doing it for more... Uh, in the mo- in the movie, at least. He's doing it to preserve the town's reputation and also the... The livelihood. The livelihood of the town. Town of the island. Brody is doing it for the p- safety of everyone. The moral reasons. Yeah, the, act- the real, re- true reasons. Oh my god, he is old. I told you, man! Unless he's like a grandfather. They don't really specifically say, but... No, but I'm just saying, yeah. like... And one of the greatest slaps in movie history. Because I think this is done for real. Yeah, yeah that, that's She's, contact. She said she slapped him 17 times that day. <laughs> I was going to see a super cut of that, like... <laughs> and uh, he, and uh, uh, Brody had to... When they're shooting, they, the reason why they did it mm-hmm. was because he was... He couldn't help but anticipate the hit after a while. Right. So he was kind of flinching before the shot was actually taken. So that was like the best shot. Um, but she actually she still acts and runs a theater out in California, right? And people come from far and wide to and for, to request them to slap them. Yeah, she, her, or to slap them. It's kind of like um, Thomas uh, Wilson who played Biff in uh, the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. Like, he wrote a song about people who come up to him make Biff requests. Yeah. He's like, like, like has me to call him mean, or like, be mean to them, call him butthead, he call my friend on the voicemail, and leave him a threatening yeah. message, etc., etc. Or it's kind of like, people who would recognize, like, certain zombies from, like, Night Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead just for those roles, and like, hey, can you dress up as a nurse so we can have it, it's like, the true Dawn of the Dead experience. Right. 
I got it's kind of like how like a band is a one hit wonder, and they they the people and they still tour and people just want to hear the one hit, mm-hmm. and you're like like Iron Butterfly with uh, In the God of Vida or Flock of Seagulls with Iran, Alien Ant Farm with uh, Smith Criminal. Yeah, because did, which they still tour by the way. Yeah, because you know they have mortgages to pay. Yeah, and I don't I don't blame them for that. Now, but the scene that you just saw. Um, Hooper realizes that Brody is a good guy, a good guy, and the mayor is really screwing him. And Brody just took the blame for the kid was taking the blame for the kid's death because you knew and you didn't close the beaches. Right. Meanwhile, we as the audience, we know he was trying to close the beaches, but right. he was stopped. And this scene, I I really love this scene because I think it's the right amount of levity. And I know Spielberg gets a bad rap of being very small so and like loving children and stuff like that. Whether you look at E.T. or Hook or even like War of the Worlds and how children are treated in that. Uh-huh. But like just like the his son uh, imitating him just to make him smile. I, I think it was like the right moment. I remember watching in the theaters on the giant screen I had to smile from ear to ear at the scene and I was just like oh that's that's pitch perfect. Yeah. And uh, we're just kind of we're kind of just stuck to this right now. Like obviously we're writing, we're watching this on mute because we don't want to have any copyright problems. Even though we're probably gonna put copyright material at the beginning of the podcast. But anyway, we're small know. enough for that right now. Yeah, and, and until we get a sponsorship, which we're willing to take. Uh, but we'll do this also show this team does show the hum, how human Brody is. Yeah, you know, like how he still loves his kids, and even though he's stressing out, he can still find a little bit of time to mess with them. In a yeah. loving way. Yeah, and, 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 but it's not like... You know, like how movies, like, we'll say, like... Uh, like in Whether it be in horror movies or even, like, action movies. They say, I have a family, I have kids. It, it, they kind of throw it in there just to, like, oh, we should care about this person. Yeah, yeah you should probably care about it. But, but once you declare that, you're pretty much saying you're toe-tag yeah, right, you're, at that point. Cliche. But here you see, like, yeah, he's stressed out, but, you know, he and has a family. He's, a like, he's definitely a likable character. And there's enough organic interaction to make it uh, work. Hey, what you got there? I got two bottles of wine. Well, this is in the, bo- in the book, this scene, this is where they, the wife and him meet for the first time. Right. And obviously, if you look at the scene and, if you, and like, the interaction between the two of them, that, that idea of them, like, hooking up. It's still there. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it was definitely... Play- I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons, it was cut out because it was this movie's about the shark, not the interaction like the book was. No, because in a novel, you have so much more material to fill. So you can have many subplots. The book wasn't that long. It was only like 300 pages. Comparatively to some books today, they're like 450 and up. Yeah. Well, like, well, what was the longest Harry Potter book? That was Order of the like Phoenix. 1,600 pages. Really? It was really it was, it was humongous. <sighs> Still haven't read Prisoner of Azkaban, despite the fact that it's still probably, it's probably the best one. That's the best one out of, out of the seven. I don't know why I skipped I, then it. Ag- then again, I have I never read the last two. Really? And I keep trying to tell myself I have to read the Harry Potter series. I read the first book in like six hours. Yeah, no, and I, I think Chamber of Secrets is still my favorite. Chamber Se- I read the Chamber of Secrets in ten. Yeah. I timed myself. That so was like the first time I legitimately timed myself. And people were like, you read that in six hours, slowpoke? Hey, shut up. I was proud of myself. Yeah. I'm a slow reader. What do you want from me? Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Jaws was a fun read, though. I suggest that really, um, if you love the movie, you'll love, you'll really enjoy the book. Um, they're, they're the same story, same thing, but completely different, if you know what I mean. Right, yeah. No, like, I know there's, like, there's a, a little bit of a criticism, like, it's uh, they're saying it's very pulpy or maybe, like, schlocky kind of writing in the book. Same thing with the original Godfather book, but yet when they were 
adapted to movies that were changed significantly and possibly made the story better. Yeah. Well, Peter eventually, uh, this was his first hit. Yeah, I mean, like he was he was a journalist at first. He was a he was a he was a actor for a little bit on television as well as a TV reporter. Love that gag of him just filling up his glass with wine. And, and there's still alcohol in there to begin with. Yeah, you know, it's like a mixture of like whiskey and wine. So that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a horrible taste he, going he down. Does, but he just wants, he's just stressed out and just wants to get hammered. Right. But like, just the fact, but I mean, Hooper is being, kind of shows his uppityness he's, because when he pops it open and he starts pouring, he's like, I suggest you let that breathe, breathe a little bit. Yeah. And he just keeps pouring it. Yeah, yeah, he's like, and he just gives up. Yeah. And he pretty much is like, he puts up the fingers to tell him when to yeah. stop drinking as well. Yeah, and this is like the only like, this is something I always I always wondered. Like it says like a childhood thing, and Brody immediately stomps the what she's bringing up by saying drowning. Yet later on, when there are, when the three characters on the boat are examining scars, and he pulls up the shirt to show a scar, I always thought that he was attacked in water. Well, he it's a known fact it's a fact in this book that he hates going to the into the water. Right. He doesn't like the ocean. He doesn't like being near the ocean or anything like that. Right. But, and yeah, I never thought, I thought they would do more with that scene instead of just kind of like, like when Hooper and, uh, we'll get to that scene coming up. Hooper and, uh, Quint, Quint were comparing shark bites. Brody just kind of looks down into his, sh- buttons down his shirt a little bit, looks down and then buttons back up. Right. And just without like, saying anything. Like, it's like, then somebody said like, it could have been, he could have been knifed when he was on the job in New York city. That's why he moved there. Right. That's also another valid uh, possibility. Right. But we never know. No. And in the book itself, it was just, he didn't like, the, in the book, he didn't like the water, and that was about it. He just, he was a city guy. Right. Just, was he the city guy? Yeah. No, no. I, uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, I th- because the wife wasn't from there. No. Wasn't she, like, from Connecticut? She was from... She was she was a rich girl that grew up there, right? And he was a dep. No, he no. In the book, uh, Brody was part. He was like a deputy on the island when they first met. Uh, there was a huge. There was like a five ten year age difference between them, right? And they still bang. They met up. She was kind of easy, so she banged her, banged him, right? And but he but every summer she kept coming back, and they still they met up, and eventually led to this whole thing. And fun fact of him pulling literally. You're going to have a fun fact, but sh- tiger sharks and, uh, are known to literally eat anything. Yeah, like you're saying, the gar- and the, what we're saying here with the license plate. Now, it says 007, Louisiana, 1972. Spielberg wanted to direct a James Bond movie so desperately. Now, I think the most recent James Bond movie before this was Live and Let Die in 1972, primarily taking in New York City and Louisiana. Right. And so, and then... He wanted to direct it, like, he asked um, Kobe Broccoli a few times to direct it, but that's why he ended up doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, because George Lucas says, I guess I'm better than James Bond. Well, he was snubbed, didn't he? Yeah, despite the fact that he asked uh, Spielberg, Kobe Broccoli asked uh, Spielberg to use the five notes from Close Encounters in Moonraker. Dude. What? Did, that, did he? I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty okay. sure that the five, those start like, do, 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 and I think it's in Moonraker, and then when... He, it was Spielberg asked uh, Cubby to use the James Bond theme in the Goonies. He had a, he, had, he gave him uh, he gave him problems for right. But anyway, now he's on the now we're on the boat, the very nice yacht like uh, vessel, a nuclear vessel. 
and Brody's hammer with his life jacket on. But also, wear a life jacket when you're on a boat, regardless. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, we're, this is the week before 4th of July weekend. That's and... why we're doing this podcast, because it would be yeah. the... It's a it's a Fourth of July movie, much like how Independence Day is. It's a su- it's a summer movie. It's because before then Hollywood didn't think they could make money during the summer because nobody would go into the movies, and it's that would change it forever. Rude them wrong, but um, yeah, no. I mean, you obviously you can see Brody's unco- being uncomfortable being out on the water, and the only reason he's on he, he can stand it because he's hammered right now. Yeah, he's pretty drunk. Um, I mean, you see the bottle of wine in his hand too. Well, I get the feeling that this is probably in the soundstage, and they're probably just rocking the boat back and forth with a well, little bit of wind. If I, be- I do believe that this is, um, they did this in a pool, right? Because Spielberg wanted to have one more scare. Yeah, this was after this was shot after, well after everything was done. They were done shooting at Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. and this I believe kind of like I know the underwater scene coming up was shot in the editor's pool with. Yeah, Vern Fields. Yeah, she was. She would. I mean, she, this is on the water, obviously. right? Obviously, because like the way it's rippling is it's, it's yeah. really hard to replicate that. Yeah, but the, the this is on a set. This has to be on like on a stage or just set up better because fog, and you can just emulate a boat rocking no matter what you do. Which like I, you have to give Spielberg credit for doing that because I feel like the authenticity of the movie definitely hinges on the fact that it's shot out in the ocean. Oh, obviously. I mean the. We, I, we we should probably leave the link for that one Jaws thing. Yeah, um, because that just that one documentary is all so. Oh, I lens flare. Sorry, oh, lens flare. I, nobody loves you, but I'll make you famous. Yeah, don't worry. I have a kid named JJ. He's gonna he's gonna make you really famous or infamous, depending on you. Ask the geeks. Mm, there's debris in the water. This might not be good. Oh, there is a boat. Now, I always wanted to, like, how did the shark manage to get the, spoilers, the, uh, cap- this, uh, boat captain's eye out? I was out? Yeah, he got his eyes out of his head. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I keep going back to the book, because this was actually in the book. Well, something- I mean, the some, in the book, so we're allowed, we have credence It was something similar. Uh, they never find the body in the book, but they do find that it's half, was half sunk- yeah. And the boat was just sitting there, and the boat belonged to one of Brody, Brody's family. Fr- yeah, Ben Garner, one of his friends. Oh, more than Slayer and Fog. And, um... And Spotlights. Oh, it's... And the wife's called saying he hasn't been back in three days. Right. So, the, okay, we'll go find him. Right. And they find the boat completely empty, and one of the, um... Um... I, you're gonna... Whoever has a boat's gonna yell at me. The, the metal plug on the boat where you tie the line to? Yeah. That was ripped out. That was the only sign of, like, something that happened. Right. Besides the boat being, like... Half, half underwater. Yeah. But, um... Well, yeah, so Spiel, you're saying Spielberg wanted to get this one scare in, but... This is obviously on stage because none of the boats are moving. Yeah. Well, there's a little... Rock, yeah, but, but like, I can see that in a pool and just having a few grips on, on the other side of the yeah. boat just moving a little bit. And that could be in a big pool right there. Yeah. Like, in moving the abyss, they shot in this giant, like, Hot, like where used to be was going to be a nuclear facility, and then like ended up things getting smaller and smaller when the miniatures are starting to be used, and they're like in a small pool end up using for a lot of the stuff. Right. Well, uh, Titanic was shot entirely in a pool. Yeah. It's been like yeah, it was and, a like, gigantic pool, but yeah, and he built like what a quarter size uh, replica. Yeah. 
And uh, but that also that sells that like if it was completely green screen, it probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and this is the scene where Brody, uh, where Hooper knows for a fact what is out there with this great white shark tooth lodged in the boat. Yeah, so a gigantic one where he's like, "Oh God!" Yeah, and when I was in the theaters, I'm like, "I know it's coming. Well, I know this coming." Like, "Oh, he's going. He's going to approach the hole. I know what's going to pop out." And still, boom! I was like. <laughs> I'm like, oh. yeah, his eyes missing. Yep. Ooh, that's ugly. And there goes the knife, the flashlight, and the tooth. Yes. Now it's not like there's like a cabin on this boat. So when do you see the body from above? Unless he, unless he didn't peer in from above. Oh, that's true too. But yeah, I'm just nitpicking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love this scene because. Because there's only three, there's only like two cuts in the whole scene. Right. And this whole thing is played out in dialogue, and it's of these three people, all their ideologies come out, all the like setup of what's going to happen, what's at stake is done here, as well as it's just like from a, like just observing actors, it's just a masterclass to watch them. Right. I mean, um, this argument right now, if you, in case you've just been listening to us and been watching this movie, I'm mute. Um, they're opening the be- the mayor's opening the beaches because he is not convinced. Ca- they're caught. They caught the shark in his eyes. Yes, they caught the shark. They publicly announced that the shark was caught. So they're going to go ahead and open the beaches. Brody is ar- and Hooper are arguing that that got that they got the wrong shark. They're, the boy, the kid wasn't in the tiger shark they got, and also the fact that Hooper had the great white shark tooth in his hand. The only problem I have with the scene is I'm like, why not show the hollowed out tiger shark and with the Kittner kid's remains no longer there? That's a good point. But, but I guess you would probably say, like, maybe they hid the kid. No. But I understand, like, he wanted proof of wanting the tooth, but it doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah, well, he dropped the tooth, too, so that's... Yeah, but thing. also, that, that anchor jacket's oh back. God, it's so beautiful. And that power tie... And, he's, and then Hooper's got the sweet jacket. We're talking about the costuming of this movie at this point. This is not even a period piece. Yeah. But, well, that, that tie is technically period because that style of tie is completely, you know, out. Out of uh, style now. Yeah. I want a t-shirt of that, of the, of the billboard of, like, the... Amity Island Help Shark. Yeah. And I want them hung up by that Buster Browns. And Hooper's going like, yeah, that fin's actually anatomically correct, correct. to about the size of the shark. Like, I'm not going to stand here with somebody lined up and be a hot lunch. <laughs> yeah, see? What you got to see? I'm like, is, is the mayor going to smoke the cigarette or he's just going to chew on it like it's a cigar? Should I smoke or should I not smoke? This is the 70s. We all smoke, but I should be getting better. I picked the wrong week to stop smoking. Quit smoking. I picked the bad week to stop sniffing blue. Picked the wrong it's coming right at us! Picked the wrong week to stop taking methamphetamines. <laughs> Alright, guys, let's take some pictures. <laughs> take them off the wall. <laughs> what can you make of this? This, I can make a hat, a barrage, a flying pterodactyl. <laughs> Give the person back. <laughs> How about some coffee? No thanks. <laughs> yeah, now we're just quoting the airplane jokes. <laughs> August! For Christ's sakes, but tomorrow's the 4th of July. It's gonna be one of the best summers we ever had. Ah, yeah, 4th of July. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, 4th of July is coming up and... It's a Saturday. Yeah. Oh, man. God. It's a Saturday. It's probably a Saturday in this movie. Yeah, probably. Funny enough. 
Are you are you off from work the Friday before Fourth of July? I have a story to tell you about that. Oh, yeah. I, I guess that's a resounding no. This kind of looks like Port Jeff right here. What? Oh, I mean, big it's, it's, ferry, a, big, yeah. it's a, fer- a ferry in the port. Yeah, it's, you can't really <clears throat> giant billboard. Right? That's really in poor taste. That is in poor taste. Shark, Shark souvenirs. souvenirs. Two people have died, even though you're denying the three fact. Three people. Yeah, three people have Technically, now you despite the fact they, when the mayor's interview later on the beach, he denies saying fishermen were injured, not killed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's quite a spin. Yeah. That's BP's level of spinning right there. Yeah. There's all this, like, second-unit B-roll footage of, like, people actually probably coming on to Martha's Vineyard. Probably. <laughs> and they're, uh, right now, Hooper and Brody are just calling everyone to try to get the beaches shut down and right. everything like that, but they are failing miserably. They, they, they're trying to rally anybody who's willing to help them. The second black guy. Yeah, but it doesn't speak. This is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> count the count the non-white people in this movie. Oof! It is Martha's Vineyard. That's true. But I think that's also one of the reasons why he decided people decided to do the color purple. I'm sorry for not having enough non-white people in this movie. That's a poor taste. Yeah. And what's the name of the arcade? Killer Shark. <laughs> Let's just ham it up. Yep. Well, no, but part of the reason... There's those red pants I was telling you about. But yeah, well... No, actually, in the book, that uh, they were saying that part of the reason problem was that because of the shark attacks were so violent and also for the fact that it was so odd that there was a there was a shark, like a big shark like that in such cold waters. Right. People were actually... Come, Why are you chumming the waters with people at the beach? They probably wanted to get at least to the lines. They'd probably kill it. Hey, speaking of the book, there's the author himself, Peter Benchley, as this, as this uh, doing his man on the street thing. However, count how many times his eyes blink while delivering this. I understand. I've done broadcasting, and reading the prompter is not easy, and you do blink when it doesn't happen yeah. like that. But uh, uh, back to my point: the beat when they reopened the beaches in the book, one of the problems was people people were coming from far and wide to the beach to try to see the shark. Yeah, which I I wouldn't put past him doing that. In real life, no, no. You would obviously, yeah. You obviously have people like going out, no matter what. I mean, how many people have probably gone looking for Bigfoot because that that eight mil eight millimeter footage was released like thirty years we ago? We have TV shows about it. Yeah, we still, had, yeah. And we had Survivor Man do a Sasquatch special. <sighs> Surviving Sasquatch was the name of the show, which was just another Survivor Man episode with him just being up at night in the middle of the woods. I to give Lee Stroud some credit. It was Survivor Man. It was another Survivor Man episode. Yep. And the mayor's willing to sacrifice one of his one of his colleagues' families if the shark is near. Yeah. By no. having them going in first because nobody else is going in because everybody's afraid. Yeah. So you go in. No, you go in. No, you go in. No, you I love in. that shot with nobody oh, else in besides them. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally here. I know it. Oh no! Oh God! Porkins. This would probably be a bad time to tell you that. Most shark attacks happen in uh, waist-high water. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, my God. in the water. Oh, there, there, there goes the kid. Ah, look at the Mary. All <laughs> he can see is uh, money bags in his eyes right now. Dingly bits. <laughs> dingly bits. <laughs> Helicopter shot. Rolf Copter. Just kind of mute that. Just have the scene from the helicopter shark. They just put in the James Bond action music. 
<laughs> then Brody's telling his son to move his his little it, sailboat into the pond because he thinks it's safer. Yeah, well, p- pond is the inlet. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, you know, this is an, an example of dramatic irony. Yeah, it's a setup to be paid off in a couple minutes. This, I don't know if this happened in the book or not. I have, but been, doesn't but doesn't his son get attacked in the book? His son, I think, narrowly escapes. And it does suffer suffer from shock. Yeah, this kid's petrified. Now there's a scene. There is a cut, a little bit of cuts. Um, baby running. Like, I just look at that baby running across the sand. Like my feet will probably be on fire. fire. I haven't been, to the, haven't been grown- to the beach yet. Yet though, uh, third black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to the beach yet this summer, and I, I need to go. Even though I do not have a beach body, I'm far from beach body. You were a swimmer. I was a swimmer, yes. We do swim, and he was a professional swimmer. I, not professional. I wasn't, I wasn't pro. You were pro. I was, a, You're compe- pro to I was me. a pro I was a competitive swimmer. Okay. Long distance of freestyle events. Kind of sucked at every Jump other freestyle. Seats. <laughs> the entire newscast will now be taken. Now will now be taken in chapter four. Ironically, traffic and weather will be still done in the studio. <laughs> oh, fourth black guy. Oh man, who's that hot chick with back there? I don't know. There's a golfer on the boat right now with the foreground. Now putting. Uh, now putting on the. <laughs> the water is, is distracting him a little bit. They're like, oh, wait. Oh, God! <laughs> and, the, and the greatest face, the, the second greatest face in the movie, like, Oh, at you, Travolta. Screw your kids, I'm taking this raft. Oh, my God, Shock, C-405. He's ruining my putt. Mandudely, we look at the binoculars. Now we're just criticizing the actress right now. This I don't understand. We're saying no whistles to get everybody out of the water. Well, the... I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, yeah, I guess he didn't want to cause a panic. panic. Huh. Um, robots are taking over our world! Our world! Panic and suit. Sharks don't eat fish, they eat krill. Oh, look, krill. <laughs> Ah, oh, I'm gonna save my child by standing here and hopefully and I don't... screaming. Yeah, you're you're a real health society right there, lady. Uh, oh god, oh, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's alone. It's like that that old part Dr- of my... drowning in less than a foot of water. It does happen. Yeah, that's why they didn't want the whistles, I guess, for the sheer panic. Yeah, but I was thinking of Lost World when that one guy trips and gets trampled by the T Rex and dragged a little bit. Oh god. <laughs> And the greatest prank of all time. However, it comes at a cost. Well, it comes at a cost because it's distracting from the real shark. Yeah. It's a, it's a boy cried wolf. That, now that they're ki- these kids are doing my bidding, I'm just going to go over here and have a snack. You're right here. <laughs> and these kids almost got lit up by these police officers. Using World War II grade weaponry. You did it! You told me to! As I spit up, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to live my lines without bringing salt in my mouth. Okay, so uh, we got the kids in the water. It was a dummy, and uh, yeah, 
<laughs> we're gonna bend him. We're gonna we're gonna give him a, a firm spanking and a talking to. That's for sure. I don't know if this is supposed to be like she's shocked. And that's why she's saying like, "Oh, shark," or maybe she's just a terrible actress. She she's also a painter. She's there painting. Oh, and uh, she's, she's an probably, artiste. She's an artiste, so she was probably high on something too. Though, incre- though, I. It was not bad looking. No, no, she wasn't. And how much? Well, she probably got paid nothing to say that line. No, at least she got paid. If, like, if you're an extra, you probably if they probably tell you not to pay because they wanted to pay well, you residuals probably, afterwards. Probably her payment was a good dickin' by Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> he, was, he was known on set to have the most sex out of anyone. I can see that because oh, it's a Hollywood movie, and this poor bastard. Yeah, and you know what's the one thing that his death was a lot vicious in the original cut. Really? Yeah. This is pretty bad. Because the shark grabs him and drags him above water and grabs Michael and they get tugged for a while as his blood is spitting out from the shark and he kind of eventually just lets him go. Right. And they did shoot This is the first time we see the shark, actually. Right. And dragged under and... Girls look foreground. And legless now. Yeah, because the original stuff was cut because even Spielberg is like, even his young age, that that was poor taste. Yeah. Oh my god. We yeah, were yeah, so yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Harlem Globetrotters are there, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a poor taste right there. Yeah. Notice they're not wet. Okay, now we're just being... Now we're really, really racist. I apologize. Yeah, I, that's... that's... We're going to go to this, uh, sensitivity training right after this podcast. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, well, he's it, in shock now. I mean, yeah, I know. It would probably make more sense to be in shock at like the original idea of him being dragged away by the shark. Right. But, um, yeah. Huh. Oh my god, he's dead! No, he's in shock. Baby crying. No, that's always sad. Seeing a baby cry is always like upsetting. Oh, this is being annoying. I totally lost it. Am I supposed to read the... Yeah, no, it's okay. He showed me a text message, and I didn't know if I was supposed to read no, the I, I response, answered, or his... I answered my own question there. Okay, because I was totally lost. <sighs> now now the hunt is on. It's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. This oh, wait, on. Oh, it is very yeah, on. And the... Probably the... Is Longest that... hair, orderly, or maybe even the doctor. Isn't that the guy from the beginning? No. He just looks like him. Are you sure? Yeah. Because he doesn't live there anymore. Oh, I know he was he was a native. He was a kid growing up, but... Yeah, I thought he was visiting. But, no, yeah, he was visiting. He's not from from there, but still, it looked a lot like him. It does look like him. But then again, I and I love this line here, which he says, like, back to the No, home here. Like, this is... This is their home. This is where they and yeah. they're gonna defend it tooth and nail. That's what Bridge in plans to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And back in the time when you used to, you were able to smoke in a hospital. Doctors smoked. Yeah. So probably while they were um, dealing with patients, probably. So now Brody's like trying to keep his rage from. Yeah, no, because it's his, it's the mayor's fault that his son was injured and that, that, uh... Sure, that's Curtin's going to give you a private conversation. Of course. And, and, and that's movie logic. If you close the curtain, you're immediately, you can do anything in a movie, as long as the curtain's uh, draped. Yeah. Unless somebody's looking for you. Right. 
Because now, because right now uh, he's pissed, but Brody's trying to convince like them to go. Let's go get Quint. Yeah. Pay Quint what he wants to get that shark. Yeah. And the mayor's trying to like finagle away. Oh, we can. We, we can still spin this somehow. Yeah, we can spin it to we'll keep the beaches open and have tourism. And and like and Brody's like no. No. No, no, like, the summer's over. Yeah. Unless we deal with this problem now, we, nobody's going to want to come back here. Yeah, in the book, this is where it's revealed that the uh, the mayor has, like, owes money to the mob and stuff like that. That's why he wants to keep the beaches open, because he, he owes them, and he's willing, he has to pay them back one way or the other. Right. Because the mob owned, has a lot of money invested in Am- Amity Island and stuff like that. Right. But speaking of mob, mob owned things, this is a little story that apparently... The producers or like distributors for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, were in the mob, and they were apparently were busted right after the, the um, uh, after the release of it. Yeah. So and the movie made money. Yeah. But it went to the mobsters. It didn't go back to the filmmakers. Yeah. It was done as way as cleaning their money for them. Now we're in Quint's shack where it's just sh- um, littered with uh, shark teeth as his trophies. And he's home brewing alcohol. Would you trust that? You could you 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 drank home homebrew alcohol though. Yeah, I mean it dep- I mean it depends. It's personal taste, but for a guy like Quint, you probably know that it's like comparative to rubbing alcohol. Yeah, it probably I mean, is he rubbing had, alcohol. Had, he, he's spinning it out. Yeah, and it smells like crap in there because he's burning the flesh off the remaining jaws, yeah. uh, off the shark jaws. Mm-hmm. He obviously, I mean, he's a fisherman. He has to make money, so I'm assuming he catches it and then sells. The they, they're probably to restaurants as well. Yeah. Or taxidermists, like he mentions later, that he has a taxidermic friend on the island. Yeah, but then he probably probably supplied a lot of these jaws to the to the vendor right by the by the ferry. Probably, yeah. But I mean, he's uh, probably making the most out of this situation. Yeah. But this starts the. Um, it's beautiful because it starts the uh, uh, Hoopers and Quint's um, like hatred for each other. Yeah, because it's the working class versus the upper class. And apparently Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw really did hate each other. They once. absolutely hated each other. I mean, Robert Shaw made a competition of everything. And he, and he was just, a bit of a drunk in real life. That's, that's, well, yeah, but he, but, but he, it's kind of funny because um, uh, he, Shaw saw himself as a sit, steady actor. He's like very, like, you know, well-known and everything like that. Right. And Dreyfus is this new punk punk he's, ass kid oh yeah and he's the up and comer and stuff like that and that Shaw comes from a different world of acting he comes from like an older generation that's more akin to like of uh like John Wayne versus this is like Dreyfus is like in the league of like Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford yeah even though Shaw is originally Irish if I'm not, he's like from Ireland if I'm not correct if I'm not mistaken uh quick IMDB this is the best app to have while doing these reviews oh of course um because I'm surprised even though we probably don't have that many listeners I'm surprised people haven't started calling us out on our nope he's English no he's English my, my bad they actually got uh Shaw in this movie because the production uh the producers had him in the sting right and they said well why don't you have hit why don't you have Shaw do after Sterling Hayden Said no. Well, at, and, um... And, um... Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin, yes. Because Lee Marvin was fishing fishing off the coast of Mexico during this time. And he said, if I want to go fishing, I'll do it for real. Don't yeah. bother me on my, vac- on my vacation. <sighs> but also, like, it makes you wonder, what would it have been like Lee Marvin, like, from Point Blank or... 
the Dirty Dozen as as Quinn. It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. It it def but in, in the end, um, Shaw was the best choice. Yeah, I'm not saying like oh it's a disappointment because they don't have them. There were other movies like that where like like uh, not, I wouldn't say disappointments like Sean Connery was supposed to be Gandalf. He said no. Yeah. Well, he didn't understand the script. And also, I mean, I, not that. Um, his face Ian McKellen Ian McKellen he didn't understand anything that was going on but he acted right no, no I mean like I have a weird theory that like Connery was offered both Morpheus in the Matrix and uh, he was offered Morpheus yep I mean uh and Gandalf and Lord of the Rings he said no to both of them I have a theory about that that what? that Matrix was being shot in Australia and that was New Zealand yeah I didn't know that. Okay, because the city like it looks very like I guess like foreign to us Americans because you know it's not a recognizable skyline, and well they could have just gone to like a Midwest city. That's true, but there's no real big skyline like that. And that, that's well, that's not true. But uh, New Zealand, like he, it was being that's where Lord of the Rings was being shot. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is the movie that he eventually did, was shot in England. Oh, so you think he just didn't want to? And I and I have further proof is because when he was doing the rock, they had him build a shack on, on Alcatraz because he hated taking the boat ride up there to, to and from every day. Right. But think of it this way: he lost four hundred and fifty million dollars on the back end from Lord of the Rings by turning it down. Yeah. Well, he also missed out on at least one good movie out of the Matrix series. Yep. And he said yes to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and it was no, that was nineties. The Avengers was the 90s. Yeah. This is simply the beginning. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with being wet. A little wet. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. No, uh, uh, wait, what was it? This uh, is Jaws, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right back to Jaws. <laughs> uh, and he's saying the farewell and adieu. Oh, I love this. There's apparently a little poem off a tombstone that he saw. The, uh, the... Died of age of 103. For 15 years, she kept the virginity. Not a bad record from this vicinity. <laughs> well, the boat thing was, um... In the book, they made s- several trips out. It wasn't one long trip. It was two and it from. Was, it was several overnight trips. Right. Um... And this movie, obviously, got for time and everything like that. It was just one long trip. It, it streams like it makes more sense. Because then... It really sells the fact that they're alone and they have no contact out there. Yeah. Pretty much like how Alien was done. They, they, they pitched Alien as Jaws in space because they're isolated dealing with a monster. Right. I was like, like I, when I think of like... This Lace, is a real town, by the way. Yeah. That is all, that's not a set. That's a real town. I think like the back, that, that shack, where like the back of it was a facade that was made for the movie. Yeah, but... It, it, everything else was done for real. Mm-hmm. And now comes the biggest. This is why the movie went over budget and over schedule. Well, yeah, over schedule. It was like a hundred and fifty day shoot in total. Yeah, it went started in uh, beginning of the summer. It, it was six month shoot the entire movie, and yeah. most of it was on the water. And look at the uh, horizon line, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll see why. Uh, you can tell they're completely alone out there. However, it was a fight. To um, it was a fight to do that 
because sailboats would come come in and out of frame. Right. So you would have so Spielberg and the crew either had the option to wait out the sailboats moving from off the horizon line or mm-hmm. out of the shot, out of the shot, or re, try to re-anchor and start shooting from the but, other side. But re-anchoring would take an hour and a half. Versus versus waiting the seven minutes that'll take to go from one end, one end to the other. But then again, another boat would come along. Yeah, the, the, without doubt, another boat would pop up, and Spielberg, instead of like you no know, angle shots, angling, and everything like that, would worry about okay, c- how fast can we start shooting before that that sailboat comes into frame? Right. Now that's the one question. If I ever get a chance to meet him, it's like if he had to do this again, I know he probably wouldn't shoot it on the real water, but would he shoot it in widescreen? I don't know. See, he may have shot. He would shoot like in the one eight five aspect ratio, the taller frame versus the wider frame. Right, I got you. I mean, then again, you lose a little bit of its epicness. It's like you put anything pretty much in the cinemascope widescreen uh, aspect ratio, and it looks cool. There's not a bad shot in it. Right. But um, I'm sorry, I'm just being caught up in the in the, the, in the scene right now. And it's like one of those things that Brody, at least like later on the following day, Brody's the only one who doesn't wear blue. Right. He wears black. Right. Because he's not from the ocean. He's not an ocean person. Right. Quinn and and Hooper do. Right. Because they're 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 seamen. Right. And I love this bit of tension is as they it's like the low line being pricked at a little bit. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything, and it's all those little quiet moments. And jo- we haven't talked to John Williams' score yet the entire movie. Oh, yeah, you know. Because. Is there music? Well, is yeah, there-, yeah, there, there is little music playing at this point. I think this movie would not be as half as successful if the score didn't the score wasn't as right. good. And the first time Spielberg heard the score on the piano, he thought John Williams was just messing with him. Yeah, he's like, all right, John, what's the real score? No, no, that is the real score. You think it would work? Yes. Because, okay. What's the old? What's this? What's the the acronym of Kiss? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, that's why people can. You say Jaws, and people say you always say dun 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 dun. Or Close yeah. Encounters, like do 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 do. Yeah. Hey, I got it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, you better what? Better what that like? Reverse it! <laughs> Quinn's mutton chops are on point right now. Yeah. <laughs> and just fishing, fishing things. Uh, they're using. How, uh, how what you did go fishing for your birthday this weekend? How'd that go? I caught two. I caught two fluke. Really? Uh, yeah. Not, nothing legal. One thirteen inch, one fifteen inch. Eighteen inches is legal. Gotcha. So I had to throw both of them back. Gotcha. Um. It was it was interesting. It was just kind of frustrating because sometimes you felt the fish on the line, and then sometimes you didn't. Right. And then when you, the, you think you felt them, you tried setting the hook, and nothing's there. Mm-hmm. Um, the weight probably was a little bit off because they made us use sixteen ounce lead right. to drop it to the bottom. Got they it. probably could have gotten away with using something less because when you try to pull, like you gently nudge it up, right, to see if you have anything. Mm-hmm. It was you felt the weight, but I don't know. But that's just me. I'm not. I'm not nowhere near a fishing expert. Right. But <laughs> speaking of fishing, there's a funny story <clears throat> that 
on uh, Long Island, they have there's the uh, Cinema Arts Center in Huntington that run independent movies during the week, all the movies as well. But during the summer, they'll run dope features of uh, themed movies. Like yeah. the first time we went, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jurassic Park. We may have mentioned that in the previous podcast. Yeah. But there was one night where Zach, his brother, uh, um, Dakota's brother, Dakota, and I. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. When we went to go see Inception in the Matrix, but Zach was like passing out, so we just, we only saw Inception and we we bailed out when Matrix came on. We're getting into Dakota's car and I'm getting in the backseat where he has all this fishing gear. Yeah, I have two rods on the car, both of like just to fit back the the um the top of the rods are in the back seat. Right. And I still have the the uh, lures on them. Right. Just so next day like I can go out quickly and just you know, just get a line in without like messing around. Right. And so I get in there, and I close the door, and I move my left arm, and I, I feel like, uh, I feel a sting hit me in the arm. Zagdra spin around to look at me, and I have a lure stuck in my arm. Yeah. The, it, you only had one hook out of, the, out of the three trouble hooks. Yeah. And I was but, just like, oh. Well, if it makes you feel any better, um, I got hooked in my finger uh, yesterday when we went, went out, Ooh. uh, some old guy, some jackass at the front of the boat let up too much line, and he caught the, an old guy on the back of the boat. Right. You're supposed to only let it up, out, we weren't drifting that dramatically. Right. But the guy let out so much line that he hooked the guy in the back, and he must have thought he had a big-ass fish on the And end. so he yanked on it? He was still, like, going like this, and he was reeling in, trying to get it in, and the old guy had all the line up. So, and no, this book kind of was bad. Uh, none of the deckhands were around to help. Right. So, I felt bad because the old guy was kind of struggling to keep the rod up. Right. So, I went over, untangled, and he's like, oh, don't let the hook grab you. I was thinking the same thing. I don't want to get talked. Of course not. Because this guy's just jack because you saw every time the guy was, like, this... pulling back on it. And so, I was trying to hit it, and I managed to get it. Out, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I freed it, the guy pulled and launched in my finger. Ah! At least it, it wasn't, it was deep, but it wasn't deep, but the barb didn't hook in. Ooh. So as soon as he, I, I just, thank God it was like, not like cordage right. for line, it was the, the uh, myofilament. Mm-hmm. So it has a stretch to it. Gotcha. So you br- grabbed it, pulled it up and out, and then just dropped it. I also ripped off when the whole process. I ripped off the fake lure and the and the fish they were using. Ooh. So the guy had just a hook, but the guy was an asshole. Right. So uh, then, then he then he doesn't deserve to get yeah. any fish. Is your are you okay? Yeah, that's fine. You, that, there's the e. it bled quite a bit though. I bet. But and stung for the rest of the day. One of the people I went fishing with had, thankfully had a first aid kit and they had a bandaid on it. It was still fishy though. I had to wash it later. Well, no, we were using, like, yeah. little sh- uh, shads. Right. And they had these tiny scales on them, so this, your hands were all, like, scaly. Gotcha. Speaking of blood, probably one of the most famous moments in this movie, in cinema history, along with one of the most quotable lines of all time. Right. Who, uh, Quint asks uh, Brody to chum because they want to attract the shark. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of boring to set in after the false alarm of the, I guess, school of fish that broke uh, Quint's uh, fishing line. Right. And he's just chumming and all be- and Brody's begrudgingly talking under his breath about those who are, he's dealing with right now. Ba-boom! Yeah. And everybody jumped at the theater. I was like, yeah. what? That's the first clear shot of the shark. Yep. 
And the most famous line, it's probably cinema history. Yeah. It's like this. You're going to need a bigger boat. Or like, Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. From Gone with the Wind. Or Rosebud from Citizen Kane. Like those three, like top, or like you're talking to me from Taxi Driver, like those those ones. Yeah. And now the chi- the hunt is really on at this point. And you, know <laughs> you know what's the one thing? Another thing we we'll be saying about the music being such a big part of this movie. If the shark had worked, they would have overused it. Oh yeah, obviously. And and the suspension and tension probably wouldn't have worked as much. Right. Well, one of the best parts about Spielberg, after real, like realizing that the shark wasn't going to work, um, he quickly adapted. He, he asked one very simple question to himself: "What would Hitchcock do?" And he wouldn't show it. He would just he would allude he, to it. He would make the audience mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah, that's why in the Psycho uh, shower scene, he, the knife never pierces Jan Lee's skin. You just know it does. Yeah. Quick cuts, music, yeah. sound effects, done. everything else is done. Same thing with the opening of Halloween, when Michael goes to stab his sister, we just hear the impact. We don't see him actually jab the weapon into her. Right. One, one, uh, and slip. An interesting, interesting fact about, in the book, uh, he, um, Quint had on, uh, giant bait for shark, for shark, this shark specifically that he went out and got, mm-hmm. which was he went out, found a pot of dolphins, killed a pregnant one, Ooh. cut the pregnant one open, took the fetus, porpoise fetus out, sh- impaled it with like a gigantic treble hook, and let it rot in a cooler. And there was a whole argument between Hooper and him, like, they're endangered species and protected. And Quint just goes, but no one's going to miss one dolphin for, for Quint to use as bait. Right. But it's like it's not the that's not the point. You're gonna go after you're done with this one. You're gonna go get another one, one and again, and again, another one. And then this moment here about how uh, Cooper wanting Brody in the foreground so he can put scale to the shark. I, I love that exchange between the two of them. Well, it really is like a really cool scene. Like it's a really cool thing to show how like nautical savvy um, Quint is. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hooper, you can tell, is very, like... He's book smart. He's very book smart. I mean... Not saying he's he's completely devoid of experience. He he spent time on the water. Just just Brody is, um... He's the real wet-behind-the-ears person. He's the really green of the two. Yeah. And probably the best split diopticus side in this movie because you can't tell where the... the, In the middle of where the focus would be. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yep. (coughs) Where it has the, the dangling hook... And uh, in the foreground, and then Quint in the background. Like, the split diopter, like I was saying, it has the being able to have focus in two different planes. If you don't line up correctly, in the middle, there'll be a stripper if it's really out of focus. Right. But right there, perfect. And I love this tension of music building. Well, also, he's trying to... Um, Quint is, wants to shoot the, the barrels into the shark. Yeah. And um, the thing is, Hooper is in very much danger because he's try- he's tying the uh, a radar to it, right? To it, and it, he, if he gets snagged to that rope, he's going overboard. Yeah, and there's no saving him. Yep. So that was the that was another big tension part right there. He, he was doing something for his own profession, but also kind of stupid at the same time. Yep. And, and he was shouting, "Don't wait for me!" Right. And then 
is from actors, they both have an objective and they both have a reasoning behind it. And it's, a, it's a great character moment right there. Yeah. And then this little, like, oh, we're chasing after the shark moment until the barrel's brought down and the music sinks with it as long as there are chances of getting the shark right at this I moment. would love to know how they did this uh, on set. What? Uh, the barrel's going under. Because um, me being a geek... I watch a lot of Discovery Channel, obviously, during Shark Week. Right. And Mythbusters got a hold of the actual three barrels. Yeah. And they did how much downward pressure right. does it take to get those things submerged? There's probably have to be anchors on the line. They had, they set up a giant pulley system, two pulleys at the bottom, one on a dock, and then they had a tank. And the tank pulled enough. It would have been... It, it would be physically impossible for a shark that big to pull, obviously, to pull those down. But right. just unless those barrels are actually just hollow for the, for the production. Well, they are hollow. They're well, barrels. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like no, like barely any, not like compressed air being in it for the production. Well, no, I mean, but they had the exact barrels, right? So they tested on those barrels and everything like that. But, it, but I would love to just know how they did that. I know they had uh, their barge, mm-hmm. and but still. And this is uh, the famous scene that we were talking about before. About the Indian, the Quint speech, uh, chilling speech about the USS Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah, no, but this is like um, another character building moment. Like, it, because on set, uh, the whole cast and crew kind of knew that, but felt like this movie was going nowhere. Right. Until, the, until Spielberg and everyone dis- decided, like, we need a reason why Quint hates sharks. And yeah, like and like now there's, there's an interesting story because initial script like had like a paragraph. Now Spielberg asked his friend John Milius, who would go on to write Apocalypse Now, uh, Magnafort, who would go on to make um, Conan the Barbarian, Red Dawn, mm-hmm. and, he wrote, and he's a history buff. Wrote like ten pages worth of material. Right, and then. Robert Shaw, being a writer himself, was like, all right, I can't write all this. So, Sackler's paragraph was rewritten by Millie's rewritten by Shaw, and that's the speech we had today. Yeah, which is another great thing about, um, another great, another thing to, like, Robert Shaw's acting ability. This whole scene was shot, it was supposed to be one night of shooting. Yeah. It turned into two nights of shooting. Because he showed up drunk. Because he asked Spielberg at the beginning of the day, why don't I get a, have a, little, a couple of drinks for the scene? Because they're supposed to be drunk. It's a very method way of doing it. Yeah, but it so it backfires because he comes in completely disgusting. Yeah, no, yeah, he was, he was, he had to be helped on by two people onto the boat. Yeah, he had to be dragged onto the boat and then carried off the boat. And then at like three in the morning, Spielberg gets a phone call from him and he just goes, how badly did I embarrass myself? And Spielberg just goes, not fatally. Yeah. But like... But then the next day, he showed up stone sober, and they reshot the scene. Yeah. Two cameras running, which is a, which is something that Spielberg doesn't usually do. He usually does one camera for most scenes. Mm-hmm. And so he does the entire scene stone sober, and they edited the two bits together. Mm-hmm. And you cannot... You really cannot tell. No, and I think like... I think this is probably on the set, and that's probably the outside the windows is probably process or like blue like, screen, like, like we saw the, uh, the other standpoint out. Yeah, yeah. And now like, it's funny because Chasing Amy um, does their own version of the scene, but like people who got hurt 
in the middle of sex. Right. And stuff like that. And they have, like, and, like, the bar has the exact same kind of, like, ca- like uh, cushions well, the, in the two windows. I mean, these, these, some of these scenes were satirized forever. I mean, Family Guy even pulled this scene off. Oh, yeah. Where they were getting drunk by playing ha- Never Have I Ever and Quagmire just does did everything, like, the most obscene stuff. Of course. Yeah. But this is the, this is the part with the famous uh, USS Indianapolis. Which was an actual ship that was sunk during World War Two. It was... He obviously he does a great job explaining it. Um, a little inaccurate. Not the body count wasn't right. No, it was um, nine hundred. I think he says like twelve hundred. Yeah. It was nine hundred who went into the water, and about three hundred fifteen of them were saved. However, not that six hundred difference mm-hmm. was not all shark attack. There was people who died of previously previous wounds going into the water, exposure, sure. dehydration, all that stuff. But a hundred about one hundred fifty of those sailors were killed by sharks, which is the largest single incident shark attack on record. Right. Which probably will be the only... No, unless another situation like that, like if a cruise liner sinks or something like that in shark-infested waters, that's the only other time. Yeah, but that would have to sink really quickly and a lot of blood gets into the water because the problem with the USS Mm -hmm. uh, Indianapolis... It was on such a secret mission. Nobody knew where it was. Nobody knew it, where it was or that it even went down. No. Um, was, like, like, as Shaw points out, it's like, no distress signal was sent. So that's why like, it was like a week went by. Something something sick. Yeah. Like that. Um, eventually, a ship did go out to look for him because they were scheduled back. The only thing was they were scheduled to be back by then. Yeah. So they so had to go out. So like, all right, something must have happened. And, and they wanted to... And I, I don't know if they knew if the if the bombs they were carrying both nuclear bombs that were used on uh, Hiroshima and uh, Okinawa, no Nagasaki, Nagasaki and uh, Hiroshima. Yeah, sorry. Um, Okinawa was a different. That was an airfield that the bombs went out of. Right. Uh, but it was just like this. Probably like my. If somebody asked me like, "What's your favorite movie speech?" It's probably this. It's one. It's probably the one of the best character-defining speeches and... I mean, and he pretty, like, Quentin was pretty much, this is like a, tw- a 20th century Ahab at that point. Yeah. In the well, book, but then I think this definitely makes him his own. Right. Yeah, no, it definitely put so much more character into it and gave you kind of more of a reason to, like, <clears throat> to understanding why he's like this. Right, and, and like, it makes you you forgive him of his quirks a little bit because of of this his hatred for everything in the sea, um, his, his hatred towards Hooper, um, because he doesn't because he earned his stripes. Hooper is just some rich kid that went to college. Yeah, and like, but he does respect him because of the like uh, the, the before, shark the shark bites and, the, and he does have wounds from his shark experiences. Yeah. But I also love the fact that this movie, this scene starts out lighthearted, goes really, really dark, dark, comes back up for a song, and then it goes down again for a, an attack. Yeah. No, I mean, it was beautifully done. But, um, actually a lot of people, a lot of veterans, they did say a lot of veterans uh, of the U.S. Indianapolis didn't talk much about that incident. I, I wouldn't imagine so. And a lot of them didn't see the movie Jaws. Some of them did, which <laughs> then got them to, like, People ask, "Oh, weren't you on that ship?" And then right. they started opening up. Other people were like, "I don't want. To, I still don't want to talk about it. I never am going near the sea again." And everything right. like that. Like, you know, like I said, like my grand, my granddad served World War II, but I never really asked him about his experiences because I knew, like, he 
just didn't want to talk about it. My uh, my, my grand my grandparent um, my grandfather only served in Korea. Right. Uh, my other my other grandpa he was in the navy, but that was between Korea and Vietnam. Gotcha. So he did see he didn't see he didn't any... see anything. Gotcha. But um yeah but no I mean it's then we we break we break the somber mood up with a little bit of a drinking song comeback. And I remember when, when this was in theaters, um, like, there was a few people start singing it in the theater, myself included, because uh, I, I really have no shame when it comes to that, especially to a movie like, like everybody has a kind of like attitude. Like when we saw Raiders of Jaw in um, Jurassic Park, people were cheering out, clapping and yeah. laughing and stuff like that. And we had that kind of um, audience that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, this also them singing together kind of unifies them as like, as a team. For, for a moment, anyway. Yeah, that bastard's back! There's probably more day for night's footage right here. Uh, well, maybe, like, evening. Yeah, because this film's really slow. The fastest speed they can go is, is 500. Yeah. And, like, like there's cameras that, like, nowadays, like, digital cameras that go up to, like, 400,000. Granted, they're completely unusable. It's more of, like, for ash, um, moon photography. Now, how does a shark keep ramming its head into it? Like, On a moving the, boat? Yeah. Is it, it's like, teesh, 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 teesh. Or is it just like winding its nose back and forth into it? I have no idea. Yeah, uh, stop the ending. This is supposed to be really terrifying what happens to Brody right here. Ooh! My God, there's water! Water! Who would have thought there'd be water on the ocean? <laughs> More of the scary fact that there's water in your boat. The boat! And Hooper does, and Quinn doesn't want him talking about because he this is his this is his job. He's not gonna let anybody take the credit or stop this beast. Yeah, he doesn't care. Nope. More split diopter. We didn't realize how much was it in this movie. Up oh, there goes the generators. Silhouettes. Excuse me. I'm coming through. And Quint shooting at the shark, thinking it'll actually do something. Oh. Eh, just piss it off at this point. Drive it away. Gonna shut up. I don't wanna, like, keep spewing my fun facts. Nah, you just feel like this is just a fun fact commentary. Not a a fun No, I just don't wanna, like, oh, well, I I saw Mythbusters, and Mythbusters totally ruined movies for me. Right now. (sighs) Didn't Mythbusters ruin movies for you? Some movies, like shooting, like guns being shot into the water. Yeah. That room totally ruined. So you like we watched the higher the stronger the bullet the caliber of the of it at an angle if it's straight down like ninety degrees into the water, yeah. the bullet will keep going. It's Until angled if it's slightly angled, the higher the power of the rifle, the more likely the bullet's just gonna blow up on impact out of the water. So like that that part of seeing Barbara Ryan when like those guys in the water get taken apart by the MG forty series. It would have to be really shallow. Which they were. Yeah. So that, that's not completely it's outside not completely, the room. It's not complete. Also, those bullets back then were very much slower caliber. True. I mean, except for the Emmer Grand. Yeah. The Emmer Grand is a .30-06 round, which is rated for big African game. Yeah. But also, the Emmer Grand had one of the biggest <laughs> design floors ever, uh, having a sound, a really distinct sound. Yeah, eight the, shots the, at that. Ting! The, and it got to the point that the Germans would recognize, like, oh, 
He's out of ammunition now. I should probably bum rush him. But then the American's like, hey, they're bum rushing us as soon as we're... So we're going to have a decoy. We're, we're going to have so many of those like empty things in our pockets. We're just going to throw them against a rock and have the Germans pop out. We kill them. Yep. We move on. This is the have the guns and ammo uh, <laughs> portion of the podcast right now. The, but, the barrel has come back up and they're... Trying they're to... trepidatious, but they want to reel in the, the barrel with a, a little bit of a hook right here. The gaff. The gaff. Sorry. I'm Sorry. not... I'm not uh... I also watched Deadly's Catch, so I know some <laughs> some shit. I, I do find it funny that the orca was also the name of a Jaws ripoff after this, where it was just a killer whale that was eating people. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then the, the best Jaws ripoff, Piranha. Even river monsters, like in their dramatizations... Even they, oh, they're gone. Oh, that's really, yeah, oh, like, that is still creepy. Oh, I like, <laughs> without, oh, I, I forgot the shark. I knew the shark was going to come, but I kind of like, <laughs> I didn't jump, but I was like, You're like oh, oh. Started by, okay. yeah, uh, even, I'm going to make a phone call. River monsters even made, uh, the, their own spoof of the beach scene right. before, uh, with, piran- with like, when they did piranhas, <laughs> dog goes missing, the, the guy on the beach just watching. Right. And then, like, people just started getting attacked and everything like that. <laughs> He's got, Quinn's got to really knock that out of the park with this one. I hate you so much. <laughs> He's went Teddy Williams on that radio, that's for sure. Teddy Williams knocks it out of the park! Fenway Park is on their feet! Oh, that's just great! No, it's not viable, Quint! <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining the shark pops up and he just cracks it with the bat. He just gets to go Babe Ruth on him. I just like just take him out like that or walking tall. Joke on Baker. <laughs> That's a cool tracking shot with the boat with like that. It's amazing. Okay, to be honest, with all the problems that this movie ma- had, it's, a, had it, it's amazing that it was such a masterpiece as it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it's. I don't, I don't think it's Spielberg's best. No, but I, it's, no, one, it's, it's one. It's either Raiders or Schindler's List. Those are the two best movies of Spielberg. But in my it's eyes. still like one of those. It's still a. Cla- it's a classic. Yeah. No. But it's like. It's a classic because it's a sorry. It's a blockbuster done right. Yes. I mean, obviously, without this, we wouldn't have Star Wars. Obviously, no. Yeah. And, and we wouldn't have put in any blockbuster in the past forty years. We wouldn't have without Jaws. The summer blockbuster would never exist. Yeah. Where we where we expect a big blockbuster almost every summer. Yeah, and then like, and period. And I, I love this little music here when they're chasing the shark down and. They're actually working as a team, despite the fact that their their differences are still very prevalent. Oh, you, you have to get it done. This yeah. thing is going to kill again. But um, um, yeah, no. But like, my point is like, how, like how everything that's gone wrong. It's amazing that they got it so right. Right, and that's why I love the fact that like Spielberg said, like after this, he wasn't going to do another movie on the water. He wasn't going to have a, like even a scene in a bathroom. That's how petrified of water he was. Well, <laughs> that's why like in, after the abyss, uh, James Cameron didn't make another water movie until Titanic. Yeah, well, it's like it's, but I don't think after even after this movie, no one really shot anything on the water ever. 
Nothing to this extent. Yeah, nothing to this extent, because... I mean, this... like, I, I, we don't know the production of, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Something tells me it wasn't nearly the, the extent of No, this. it was probably a lot of, like, Studio. second unit stuff of, like, hey, let's have helicopter fly by these ships in the water, and that's it. Yeah. And when we're in the close-up, it's going to be in the pool with green screens. Like, in Mythbusters, the, the pistol shots will make... Well, he, that was like right, right on the top oh, yeah. of the war. But those would go further into the war than the M1 Grand. That's, uh, I guess that's uh, the physics of it. It's the idea that when you jump from a bridge, yeah. the impact will kill you in the water. And yeah, it's, just, like, it's like your body's hitting concrete. Yeah, the more you fight against water, the more it fights back. Right. That That's the whole concept. Mm-hmm. One, how to... I don't think he has a... Th- he doesn't have a third one in him, No. He fired the second one. I mean, this is... the When he explains the idea of the barrels, it's extremely brutal. Like, a brutal way to kill a, an animal. Right. But it makes perfect sense. Of course. Because the it's going to try to dive, but it can only dive as far as the rope is on And the shark will it. die if it doesn't stop swimming. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's trying to get away. If it's trying to dive and get away, it, it yeah, it's not going to work. Uh, it has, I think, like... But what makes it a monster is it gets three and it still gets away. Yep. And But at this, like, upcoming moment when they try and reel in the two barrels has one of my favorite, like, cringe-worthy moments is when Brody's not... A, doesn't pay attention to what when he's... He's tying the uh, ropes to the... Um, the uh, oh, and, like, yeah, with Hooper. The right cleats. There. Yeah, the cleats. There we go. That's what... And... Taught! E... And very real danger. Yeah, he's still in danger right there. Yeah, and then mm, pull pull the boat away. Which is this is like this is thing is a monster at yeah. this point. It, because yeah, obviously Quint is thinking, oh, this is in the bag right now, and right. then all of a sudden this happens. But then he's like, oh, I'm gonna rub it. Oh, don't worry, this MacGuffin will come in later. Don't worry. We have a taxi doing man back then. He's gonna have a heart attack when he sees an eye bottom. <laughs> that cackle. <laughs> and then whoosh. And think of it this way: the the prop shark was named Bruce after Spielberg's attorney. Without that shark being called Bruce, Finding Nemo would be very different today. Name's Bruce. <laughs> Fish but are friends, not food. Now I understand why trust a shark. But there goes some glass, and it's whoa! Oh. Third barrel strikes a. Uh, Brody in the face. And look at the best ADR possible when you don't see any of their mouths moving, yet they're still talking. But obviously they had ADR because there would be no way to record uh, usable dialogue with all this water being thrown at them. Yeah. I mean, lots of movies back then did that. Yeah, I mean, no, some movies now. You... Like, a lot of movies today, like, almost up to, I think, like, King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong, 90% of it was adr Yeah. Which, no, which, I, which, I, which I have a big problem with. It was mainly all CGI, too. Yeah. 
I, yeah. That's a different story. No, the, the, there'll be a podcast about practical effects versus CGI coming hopefully soon. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the things that made this movie work was it's there. Yeah. You're there. Because it no always do- works better with having it there. Yeah, I mean, you under, you you know what to... Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And he was able to hold down barrels for at least for a moment. Yeah. But still, you're, you can see what, what they're going through and everything. You can actually feel... You almost can actually feel what they're going through instead of just doing everything in front of, like, a green screen and just adding everything in. Right. So like, the acting ability probably is a lot harder to act in front of nothing. Yeah. That no, gonna be, bite them in the ass. That what? machete. Oh no! It like, pays such in, emphasis on that. No, but that's sad to be paid off later. Okay, I mean that's probably what. Yeah, because I, that's, that's the that's the power of a close up. And then they ram. Nope. Well, they he does ram it. And I think later in a little bit, but like Terminator Two is one of my favorite movies of all time, along with Jurassic Park. Right. The only problem with those two movies are, but it's a very and it's not a problem on their part. It's on it's on the part of the effect it left on Hollywood. Right. Oh, the heavy CGI use. Yeah, because CGI was barely was used so conservatively in those two movies, and it was blended so perfectly with practical effects <clears throat> that everybody thought, "Oh, we can just do CGI for everything." That's why you look at so many bad '90s CGI movies, and even today, like bad CGI and bad more C- heavy. Very soft, heavy CGI. Yeah, because it looks very soft, and it's, it's just like doesn't look well. Yep, there's the ram. Yep. But it's just, I don't know, that's just my soapbox on practical. Like, some things, you're going to have to do CGI. Like, in section yeah. when you fold Paris on top of itself. Yeah, but that looked good. Yeah. There's some really soft CGI where you're going like, that is obviously fake. Right. Doing explosions should be done practically, because... There's only, that's the only way to do it. That's why, say what you want about Michael Bay... At least, like, a lot of his, like, big stunts, he does for real. Yeah. I mean, you gotta give him an A for effort for, A for shooting on film, mostly. Right. And doing a lot of his stuff practically. Right. But... Because it's just... And that fire and water are the two hardest things to do with CGI because your eye is so in tune to what, how it reacts. It, you just know the texture of what they're supposed to be. Right. Like, if Spielberg was also given, like, let's do a, pro, like, a like, out-of-the-way lake... As well. Yeah. And he said, no, you can't have the same color or texture as the ocean on, like, a lake or in a pool. Mm-hmm. So what's, so he, that's why he fought to have it on, on the ocean. And then, obviously, Hooper's argument with Quint here is he's going to bust up, he's going to bust the en- engine, but if he's going to push it too hard. Yeah, and Quint... Said, I feel like, the, I think, I think Quint and Hooper disappeared there for a moment. I think that's Stryfus and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, actually fighting each other. Yeah. yeah. Now, this boat is probably dragging that. Probably. That makes sense. It's probably an anchor holding down the line that's between those two. Yeah. And the reason why they shot Martha's Vineyard is because they can go 12 miles out so you don't see anything, but it's still only 30 feet deep, so they can lay down the tracks for the fake shark prop. But the only thing is the shooting in the Northeast. They also have ran into weather problems. And 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 it's cold. Yeah. It's cold water. Though it's not far fit, they there are great white sharks uh, that do visit Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Like they did last week, they announced their first shark sighting off of Martha, a great white shark sighting off of Martha's Vineyard. Oh, oh, I forgot, I forgot about that little, little explosion there. 
But, um... This boat has everything, doesn't it? It's a boat. It has to have some. That's yeah, true. But, um... Oh, that's my point there. Martha's uh, in your... With great white sharks. Yeah. No, so it's kind of, it's accurate that there would be a great white shark, even though it's inaccurate. It's a great white shark that size. And this form of, form of action. Yeah. There have been rogue sharks in history where they do go after. They were that malicious to do that. Yeah. But it is but it's few never, and far between. Yeah, it's never something that colossal. No. It's like I mean, a, it's it's a dumb shark. Yeah. Is what a rogue shark is. Because mm. smart sharks grow big and they leave people, they don't, they know their food source. Yeah. But, yeah. And then, and then this is when Quinn has their moment like, alright, everything I've done has probably led us to this kind of dismay. And we're going to die out here unless we do something. Yeah, the boat's heavily listing. It's sinking. The engine's <laughs> dead. And, yet, and this is when, like he said, you never put on a life jacket again. But now he's willing to listen to Hooper because he knows, like, all right, otherwise we will die. At least now we'll, we possibly have a chance if I listen to him. Well, he's not putting a life jacket on. No. It says go down with the ship. Kevin goes down with the ship, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, how do they get the cage in the water? What do you mean? Like, if the boat is this bad, uh, well. Through the power of editing, we can build the cage really quickly. Yeah, I guess so. And the cage stuff, when they go underwater, there's actual live footage when they were in Australia swimming with real sharks, and they had a little person in the cage to make the scale of the 20-foot, foot, 25-foot shark accurate right. versus the actual probably like 13-foot of the actual shark of the underwater footage. Right. Forced perspective. Is this poison he's holding? Yeah, I think it's, um, I forget what he's, uh, it may be cyanide, I'm not too sure. Okay, because... Yeah. No, because I remember they, they show... The poison, a close-up earlier, and I forgot what it was. Wait, what is it? It just is poison. poison. It's not Thorazine. He's not putting it to sleep. Shark dart repeater. Huh. Wait, wait a second. What? Brody's not wearing a shirt. Oh. Oh. And editing Missa up there. Yeah, I guess so. Now his shirt is back, back on. on. With the belt. Yeah. Now we're just looking at continuity at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we've run but, out of things to say at this moment. Yeah, but you're not really, fo- but you're not supposed to be focusing oh, on that. Of course not. And you're saying, like, if people are paying attention to that, you're failing your job as a storyteller. Exactly. Unless it's really obvious. Yeah. Which, then, that scene wasn't really obvious. No, it, like, I've watched this movie countless times, and I just noticed that. Yeah. It's kind of like in Jurassic Park. You don't realize there's no cliff there in the T-Rex paddock in the first in this, the day, but it's there at the night. This is a great, uh, great scene to show how scared he is. He forgets his glasses, right? And uh, he yeah, can't, he has no spit to uh, he can't clean up the uh, thong of the uh, goggles. Yeah, well, you know why they do that, right? What? Um, you spit into it because for some reason your human saliva right to prevents fogging. Mm-hmm. Versus salt water getting in there. and Well, you spit it, rub it around, yep. dunk it once, drain it, then you put it on there. It doesn't, it, it at least slows the fogging process down. Gotcha. Now, when we go to the stuff, underwater stuff, and the close-ups are supposed to be Hooper, you can obviously tell it's not Richard Dreyfuss, because his face is very different. 
and Dick Warlock, who would um, go on, he was a stuntman. He was pretty much Kurt Russell's stunt double for a long time. Mm-hmm. And in Halloween 2, he portrayed the shape Michael Myers for most of the movie. And apparently he did a lot of this underwater stuff. This underwater stuff with the close-ups of Hooper were done probably back in Universal in the, uh, probably in the wet stage. Yeah, that's not... That's definitely not what your driver's right there. No, that is definitely not. And here comes this, that's probably live footage. That's live footage, yeah. Obviously not. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're back on top. Bum, 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 bum. There's the fake shark. Yeah. That's why I love that line in Back to the Future 2, when like the hologram shark comes out and bites... Uh, that's a real shark. Real shark, and it comes bite Marty, and he's like, Shark still looks fake. No, but the, I mean, the, what they captured in like uh, off the coast of Australia was some of the most amazing great white shark footage. Because how- there was a, a mishap of it actually getting caught in the uh, cage. Yeah, and because of that, and there was no person in the cage because Hooper was supposed to die in the movie, just like I was in the book, but. Since there's no person in the cage and they want to use that footage, yeah. we'll change it to make him Surrey lives. Yeah, he was malicious. He was a little bit more maliciously killed. In the book, he was murdered. Yes and no. He got into the cage and he tried swimming up and then he was attacked as soon as he hit the surface. But doesn't, like, Brody not help him? I th- also, Quint was like, can't save him at this point. Right. So, he, they watched him die. Yeah. Even though at that point, uh, Brody do, find, does find out that, um, or deduces that uh, Hooper was banging his wife. Right. Oh, that's still terrifying. That's still terrifying. Yeah, I mean, you have this happen to you? Oh! There's a reason why the beach community probably hates me because people stop going to the beach because it's just like... Nobody would want to go in the water. It's kind of like how Deliverance always put Coleman uh, Camping uh, Company out of business because yeah. nobody wanted to go uh, camping again. And I remember I watched Deliverance for the first time right before I went to camp. I went camping. Bad move on my part. Yeah, that, I would imagine. Yeah. Really hacking into that head. Yeah. It's supposed to go for the eyes because the nose would probably just piss it well, off. Well, no, it has a lot of sensors. It has a lot of sensory organs on its... In the tip? In, in its nose. Um, Lorenzini Canal or Canal Lorenzini, they're called. Right. They're like millions of blackheads. Right. Because it's all... It, these, it looks... They like, look like blackheads and they're filled with pus. Gotcha. However, they're used for sensing everything around you. Gotcha. And picking up slight electrical field changes. And, no, they said if you get attacked by a shark, you go for the eyes for obvious reasons. Right. But punch it in the nose. Gotcha. Because it has a lot of stuff in there. Toot-toot. I, lo- I love the sound of cables being snapped in movies, especially yeah. like that, or in Jurassic Park when the uh, T-Rex cage is being, um, fence is being ripped apart. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they think he's dead now. Yep. They jerry rigged to try and get the cage back up, and no, they, they pull up. Oh, what did they pull up? Is just the shambles of it. Yeah. <laughs> and like one of those unintentional comedic moments is when Quint walks from walks further up the boat into foreground, and the cage just falls in the background. Nobody pays attention to it. 
Now the shark's really pissed. And this is the part where we shot a herd and like we have the shark jump out of the water and crack the boat in half, pretty much. And that's what got his attention about it. Eh? Ooh, that MacGuffin is the comeuppance of of Quinn. Remember you were saying about that uh, machete? Yeah. Then there was a it was a model figure of like this half of the boat. I'm sorry, this is horrifying. Yeah, and, and he grabs the machete to stab the shark, and there's a model of him like half in the shark's mouth with the machete digging into its face. And I love in the the TV as they always cut out when he bites down and Quint spits out uh, like a blood packet out of his mouth yeah. right here. They always cut that on TV. They always just cut to him being dragged in the water like that. Now, how dangerous of a shot do you think that is? What going down with a, a prop that's that sunk a few times? Barely. Going down with a prop that. Barely nope. works, yeah. Several times, like I wouldn't do that unless I have. I I know there's gonna be divers there with respirators. They would give me air and get yeah. me out of there. Kaboom! Oh, I, and oh, you can still see pieces of Quint in in the shark's yeah. mouth. Now the only problem with the Jaws book, yeah. it has a it has a really downer ending. A, not like. Not like oh, this is sad and it, it's, it's just like it kind of like it has to, no payoff. It's an anticlimactic an ending. That's why zero payoff because he's just like okay, the boat's going down. The he, the shark tries to grab uh try to, to grab Brody and then it gets and the ship keeps going down and Brody's down floating in the water waiting for the shark to come up and he's like where the hell's the shark and he looks underwater to see the shark feet away from him snapping his. Snapping at him, right. but he's caught in all the ropes from the boat as it's sinking down. Yeah, and it drowns it. And it drowns the shark. And, and it, it probably worked cool on the page. It probably looks cool, like imaginary. <laughs> and, and then it's like, okay. And then he swims back to shore. Yeah. And be eventually questioned, like, oh, nobody's going to believe that uh, uh, air tank stuck in a shark's mouth is going to blow it up. In reality, it, it won't. No, but it's people who said, I don't care if it doesn't work. If I got it for two hours, I can make them buy this for the next two minutes. Well, I mentioned this in our last review of uh, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Park War. 3. Yeah. The suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Uh, this target is going to die. Yeah. I mean, he, he has to die. And there's the setup is right there. There's mm-hmm. a tank of gas in his mouth. Compressed there. In this, it's just yeah. gas. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. For the sake of the movie, it's, it's gas. gas. Um... Air's gas. Yeah, it's true. Technically. But then there's also, like... Another famous line. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's a little bit of a audio um, piece of the, from the movie Duel of a T-Rex, like, dying from an old, like, B-movie that is used at the end of that when the truck is destroyed. And Spielberg pretty much uses it again right here once the shark blows up with... Smile. Smile, you son of a bitch! Boom! <laughs> Everybody in the theater cheered. Everybody's just like clapping. You're like, ah! And they said that that explosion was made of fish blood, mm-hmm. squid, fish bits, and red food coloring. Huh. And I remember when my mom saw this originally when it first released. Like, everybody cheered. It was like the first time she experienced it, like them cheering the theaters when the shark blew up. Now people cheer for anything in movies. I, I, I'll admit that. Yep, here's a little like roar of the T Rex, and pretty much 
because he made Duel, Duel has four letters, Jaws has four letters, and it's pretty much they both have Leviathans in them. Yeah. That's how Weiss Spielberg decided to do it. Well, another part about this movie, um, he Spielberg was not on set for this. No. He was not on set for the explosion. No, because it's because one of those he, things, like, the last shot, he never does anymore. Yeah, he left, he was on a plane with Richard Drivers, um, out of there, and Drivers was asking about the scene, and he was like, it should be wrapping up about, about now. And he was afraid that he was going to get waterboarded by the entire crew after it was done. Yeah. So, and That's he why he left. never, he, that's why he, and from then on in, he never directs the last shot of the movie. Yep, he just leaves. Yep. I'll see you guys in editing. Yeah. But, yeah. And there's no real epilogue, but it's just pretty much like... Life kind of just goes on. Life finds a way. A lot of paperwork, but a positive result. Yep. And you just... Okay. And then they show, like, the island in, like, nearby when they're trying to drive towards it, because that makes it believable that these two guys can swim back to shore. Yeah, they were in the middle of the goddamn ocean. Oh, oh, there's there's land. Mm Mm-hmm. Birds and shit. <laughs> oh man! I mean, it, it's like one of the, like I watch this movie at least once a month because it's in my top ten favorite movies, and it's like one of those things I never get tired of. Oh no! It's a fa- it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's and, not pretentious. No, and it's still it's kind of yes, it's a very seventies based, but it's still really timeless. Yeah, but it doesn't rely on any really. It, it's not like. Uh, hip te- technology that was then is yeah. completely out of date now. Well, except Shark Killer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, that's, Other- like, that's like the furthest thing. Like, the fashion, maybe a little bit, but not too much. I, you, Cars? I can't so- tell you, a mayor of a beach town will rock that sports jacket any day. Uh, I'm willing to rock that sports jacket. Well, you're wearing a blue shirt that pretty much like had white like, symbols on it. Like, I can see you wearing that. Oh, yeah, flowers. Yeah. It, it could be mistaken. Ron Valerie Taylor. I couldn't remember that names for the life of me. Now, uh, now I remember. Mm-hmm. And just a little over two hours, filmed in Panavision and color by Technicolor. Uh, uh, uh. <sighs> right. As the credits roll. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts about this? At, like I said, it's a good, it's a great movie. It's timeless. Uh, you still, you still get, you still can jump from certain lives. Uh, scares in this, and yeah, you can tell the shark is mechanical, but it's not. It's not that. It's not horrifically bad. No. How old do you think it sh- uh, some some kids should be before they see this movie? Ten. Yeah, you're eight or ten, something like that. that would... it, because it's not only just it's not a movie. Just it kind of gets you like more aware of what's kind of out there. Yeah, I mean, obviously. The chance of you running into a twenty-five foot shark and it can start killing people is a little. They have outtakes on this thing. Yeah, I mean, it went to the DVD menu of bonus features on it, and we're just like, huh. oh, we're watching outtakes once this is done. Okay, so let's wrap it up. Then. Okay, uh, hey, you have any other final thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, if you kids should, probably should watch this as like when they can understand some stuff. Yeah, but like I say. Put it on, turn the lights off, make some popcorn, get the family around, and just have a good roller coaster with this. You know what's even better? What? 
get your computer, get a laptop, get your girlfriend, drive down to the beach at night, and watch it there. Ooh. Good call. <laughs> That's... Hmm. <laughs> I may just do that now. Dun, 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 dun. I love the SNL skit of like Land Shark or Chevy Chase in a shark suit, like coming to other people's doors saying, like, alright, Land Shark. There was a sci fi movie called Land Shark. I could see that. And sharks that walked on land? No, they swam through the sand and ate people. Like, can I remember the rip off of Tremors? Yeah. But anyway. I saw, uh, I saw uh, some like still shots of him, and it's like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> alright. Come back next week, we'll have. More geek and pop culture podcasts coming towards you. I'm your host, Timothy With Wow, I almost messed up my own name. It's I'm tired and I'm a little sick. Please bear with me for the next couple seconds. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. With me is... Dakota Wiegand. Where can I, Where can people find your stuff? My stuff... I do a lot of uh, review uh, reviews of, uh, po- of popular and unknown uh, cartoon series. Mm-hmm. You can find me on DeviantArt.com. I post mo- most of my reviews there. Under? Uh, under DW Drawings. One word? Um, yeah, one word. Oh, okay. uh, it should be uh, DeviantArt.DWDrawings.com. Gotcha. And you can find me there. All right. And I'm Timothy Rooney. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney 2 where you will see me uh, tweet about movies and things of that nature and comedy and stuff like that. Or if you want to find me, uh, Timothy Rooney, or Through the Lens Productions on YouTube, you can find our latest short film, Spirit of the Lake. Yep. And all the stuff I've done while I was in college and upcoming stuff that I have plans for the rest of the summer. I hope you enjoyed this fan commentary track to Jaws. We'll talk to you next time.